Hello and welcome back to the F24 podcast. My name is David and each week I invite a creative over to my studio in North Acton to talk about their lives and interactions with London, culture and creativity. Before we get into it today, I want to say a few words about an awful event that occurred in our culture last weekend. Three young graffiti artists died on the train tracks in Loughborough Junction, South London. These members of our culture and this event will not be forgotten and hopefully not passed without us taking note. Our culture is dangerous. Our culture requires risks. And no matter how much I love and push my culture, promote all the positives, we cannot ignore the immense danger we have and do put ourselves in time and time again. And an event like this highlights the severity and ease in which life versus death occurs in a graffiti writer's daily life. I don't paint illegally anymore, but I do still paint walls as often as possible. But as you know, my culture gave me my life, a creative one. It's the point of these conversations. So please, please, if you're at it, pay the utmost attention at all times. If you can, wreck you the spot. Be prepared, know all routes. It's skills and tasks like this that we experience and we can bring that into real life. Great training on how to get things done right. Give yourselves a chance and do your homework. I'm not saying these poor guys that passed didn't, but don't leave that question open for you. Be careful. Rest in peace, Alberto. Rest in peace, Harrison. Rest in peace, Jack. This week's interview is with Britain's very own T.Y., a musician from Brixton. I found T.Y.'s music early on in moving to Brighton. I was on HMV on Western Road with my best mate Nick, Wee Jesus, from Jimmy's episode, and we heard some amazing sound over the store speakers. I asked what it was and copped the vinyl straight away. Awkward. I love that album. I bought it right in the middle of me setting up my life. I was 21, a dad, and starting a business. It played loads and it became one of the larger parts of the soundtrack for that part of my life. And it was also one of the first UK hip-hop albums I bought culture that would become incredibly important to me over the following years. Not a bad intro, hey? So if you don't know, get to know. It knocks now, 17 years on, as do all his albums. My favourite track is Ghetto Perspective, and you'll hear us chatting about it. Really amazing to have him around, really insightful, an absolute pleasure. Enjoy. This is F24. Brixton was a hot pot, but it also had this thing going on. It had all of these colours, sounds, Dreadlocks, Jerk Chicken, uh, Patois, uh, Jeans, uh, you know, click suits, steel pulse signs, did it, everything was just going on. Chapter 1 London. We have a bit of a different start this week. TY and I get chatting about experiences within the creative world and finding similarities between our subcultures. He also tells us about how he handles various situations he's faced and how he deals with the roulette wheel of creative life and his process of being a creative. A real great start to an insightful conversation. We eventually get to where he's from, how school was, home life, what it was like growing up in Brixton and his route into culture. Brilliant time, man. Thank you very much for coming. It's a pleasure. Massive privilege. Massive privilege. Um, so we've been having these amazing chats on here, man. And, um, really good intricate stories about people's journeys mm -hmm. uh, within our cultures and how we get to stay creative which i think being creative as an adult is if it can be possible it's an amazing thing because life's bloody hard and, um, and it it's an amazing thing but it's also a thing that is almost it's almost suggested that you be creative as a child yes and then you be lucrative as an adult yeah good point man. and um, i think for us creatives that are at a certain age, I've learned that actually being creative is actually my calling. 
So I, I can't subscribe to this idea that I'm only supposed to rap to a certain age or I'm only supposed to make music to a certain age and all these sort of things got nothing to do with what I'm doing. Or even make music to make money. It's, right. it's not always the point. You know, no. it's obviously it's how, how, how you survive through, you know, life and London, but mm. yeah, it's the, just being creative. But also saying that it's really important to stress that making music for the heart and for the love of it is great. But then you know, there's always people that will try to take advantage of, oh of your kindness or your interest in making art do you, for nothing. So I have to carry that line. Yeah, I was gonna, isn't it a massive learning curve as well? It's a massive learning curve. It's a, it's a line that I have to straddle uncomfortably. But um, what I've had to do sometimes is just shut down shop for a little while and just be look, look, I love, I love everybody and I love everything that's going on, but I can't be here for nothing. Yeah. I can't be doing your event, even though it's for charity. I can't do it. Mm. You know, I can't do four charity gigs in two months. Well, if, you know, you've over the years and we'll go through it, but over the years you've mastered this craft and you've really worked incredibly hard to, you know, work on the voice you've got, right. put the words together, the right. sounds, all that type of stuff. It, if it's to continue, money has to be involved. Things have if, to be covered. Look, look. If, if it has to continue, value has to be added yes. to it. So that's what I think. I think it's not as clear-cut as money. It's just mm. value. So sometimes value. when I'm communicating with people, I can see that they value my work, but they don't value the person. So they don't realise that, okay, if you want this thing that I do, mm. but you're trying to excuse away or nibble away at getting it for nothing, mm. then you don't value the person yeah. that this thing comes from that you value. So... Rather than get caught up in an argument with you, I just have to tiptoe away and just say, okay, do you know what? No no, no worries. I face that battle a lot. A lot. A lot of people do. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's being creative, isn't it? It's, and that's, I mean, the other thing with, yeah, being creative, being an artist, a musician, but you do this for your passion. Why wouldn't you just do this? That's the, what they're kind of thinking. If they're not being rude, it's just as simple as, but you do this. Why wouldn't you? And it can... It's, it's, it's annoying because sometimes I think it's condescending. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think it's, it's, it's more about people feeling entitled to hustle you yeah. rather than actually people realising that, wow, so this person went from being a child to an adult and then did this music and has had an, a, has had an impactful relationship with the UK and the world as far as hip-hop culture. Yeah, I can because he's so down to earth. I can deliberate and discuss and get what I want from him. Yeah, and it's like or her, and um, I think I've just got to a point where I just know when to leave yeah. the room or or when to just just to not argue or not to communicate or anymore. Like I don't get upset if people like when people talk to me about art or creation, creative creativity or finances or fees or anything like people say what they want to say they do what they do and i say what it is and mm -hmm. then if, they, if they're not comfortable or if they want to haggle if they, if they haggle too much yeah i just let it go because i'm just like look i know there's a storm in me yeah. and i know what it is yeah. and i have to be, to be the one to, to temper it and to then turn that storm into art exactly so and i'm not even talking about anger i'm talking about there's a storm yeah. there's a there's a um there's a process going on so because I know what that is, I know what it's worth and I know what what, damp, what, what um 
what the cost of it is. So I don't take it for granted. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's that learning curve, isn't it? Yeah. As you say, you, you, were saying, you, you don't get angry, you're not going to shout, but you, at some point you have done, yeah. and then you realise and you learn. It's, it's a, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, it is, I mean, I love it. I have, you know, I get pissed at clients, I get angry at certain situations, but I can't deny my life. I'm incredibly, I feel incredibly blessed. Do you know what the interesting thing as well is, what you can't deny, right, is when you was a kid, Nobody told you you could do what you're doing. Nobody told you that you should follow your heart and you won't know from one week to another mm. how to pay your rent mm. or how to do what you're doing. And then you, years down the line, you're like, actually, this, some people would call this a career. Yeah, yeah. You know, some, some people would call this a, um, a, a legacy of yeah. events and act achievements. And um, I think for me, I'm constantly being reminded of what I've done or what I've done or how it's affected people or how it's, or what it's done for others or how it's then led to other things happening for other people. And, um, it's, um, it's, it's humbling. It's, it's really humbling. And that, that effect must be. It's humbling. It's yeah. humbling. Like it's the reason why I don't have to argue with people when they try to kind of undermine your value because I'm like, well, I know what it yeah. is. Yeah. So I'm not going to give I haven't even got to sell myself. It's I, not even, I haven't got to prove myself. It's not even yeah. prove or sell. It's no. just like, I know what this is. Yeah. I know what effect it's had. I don't need to tell you that. Mm. So if you want to argue or get annoyed because I'm charging a certain amount, but you're not noticing the fact of, but, but you can talk to me and I'm just telling you what it is, um, some people you can't talk to. No, no. Some people you can't communicate. Like when we did the, we did this. We're doing this um, podcast. You hit me up on Instagram. Say yeah. boom, boom, boom. I said boom, 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 dun, dun, and dun. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Simple and easy. Right. So what I'm trying to say is, it's it's got to a point where it's really about art. It's about your destiny. And it's about you obviously noticing that the casino wheel spins a certain way. You don't know where the thing's going to land, what number it's going to land on, black, red. But what you do know is from the moment it lands, you then have to make a new decision and jump and jump and jump and jump. So this weekend I did a, a festival in Budapest mm -hmm. and I met the, uh, the person that booked me and he said to me, Oh, the reason I booked you is because I was in the audience 12 years ago when you did this blah, 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 blah. And you, you know, you signed my t-shirt and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you see, yeah. you just don't know. Butterfly effect, man. You just don't know. Yeah. Um, I had a, a situation where I met someone in Spain who after a show, she said to me, um, why didn't you do the song Rain from the Upwards album? Mm. And I said, I don't do it because uh, when we do it live, it doesn't seem to work. And also we've got a set now, we've been jamming. We, mm. can't, we, we know what songs work. Yeah. She's like a shame because she, she said it was her her and her fiance's uh, favorite song. I was like, was? Mm. So she, she's like, yeah, he passed away. I was like, okay, I'm sorry to hear that. Wow. And she said, um, so she talked a little bit more. So I said to her, if you don't mind me asking, how did he pass? She said he died in a tsunami and that, Rain was the song that we used to listen to in the beach, Shit. in the beach hut. This was our song that we used to listen to and cuddle up to. So I'm like, 
sitting there with my Brixton cap and my Brixton shoes and my yeah. Brixton jeans and my Brixton glasses thinking, wow. Damn. You just don't know when you create a body of work where it's going to go, who it's going to affect and what it's going to mean. But I now do. Mm. So now I have to take all of that into consideration when someone comes back to you and tries to undermine your talk condescendingly or say, do you know what? Mm. I want you for 50 pounds because yeah. this is what it is and this is all I've got. And I'm just like... It's funny. And they're, 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 they're the people that, that signed up for the career, you know, what they think is real life. They see us as possibly immature. And mm. uh, there, there is a slight... Uh, there's certain people out there that, you know, I've been through them with clients. They've... I don't know. It's like there's no soul. There's no real understanding. There's like a wow, look what you do, amazing. Can you do? There's like a slight bit of respect there and like excitement, but it just ends up being nothing because they would rather go down a much shitter and cheaper route. I've yeah. that through art quite a lot. It's a, yeah. It's a those people just and that's fine. Some people feel that that's that's their life path and it's fine. I just love the. Yeah, the casino, <laughs> the casino roulette wheel, basically. Yeah. Of life. Every time, like, so, so you know, um, every every day the casino wheel lands on a particular thing. Black seven. Mm. Okay, that means I gotta go here. Yeah. I gotta. Go I don't know how I'm gonna pay my rent. Okay, red yeah. eleven. Oh, so, okay, that means I gotta go here. You gotta go there. <laughs> so it, it's always shifting, and um, for me, one of the things that I've always realised is I have to finish my projects. So, so I work really, um, my, um, work ethic, my work mode, my work style is completely based on the fact of I'm a messy person. Okay. So I'm not organized. Okay. So some, so like one of my partner that I work with Drew Hawley is very organized. So he'll write on discs and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'll put a triangle on a disc and that means <laughs> that's got 11 songs on it. And that's what it means to me. And then I'll put a, a dot on a disc and, and that's just how I work. And so what I find is now and then, like even before we um, had this session today, I was at home going through discs and I'm like, okay, what does this one have? What does this dot with a triangle? <laughs> what does this lion's paw have on it? What, what is this? And um, what I find by working that way is, I wouldn't advise it for everyone else, but I'm just saying this is part of my process. Yeah is what I find is I work on ideas and then I put them down. I work on something, put something together, get the right drum sounds for something, get a rough pattern or the, the right pattern, right drum sounds, wrong pattern or wrong pattern, right drum sounds, whatever. Yeah. Wait, 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 then file it away. Bang. And then what I do is I then go back through my messy thing of not knowing where everything is. And I put some, pull something out of the sky, zip it in the zip drive. I'm still using zip drive. Sick. Load it up and be like, oh yeah. That one. Oh yeah. Is that a year old, two years old, two weeks? I don't know. And then I go through it. And what I find when I do that is at the time you was creating something, right? You got it done and then you got on with your day, but you didn't have all the answers at the time. When you listen back to it now on a Wednesday, you're like, oh yeah. It's, li it's literally the Johnny Nash song. Yeah. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. You can see, I'm like, oh, yes. Change the hi-hat. Oh, yes. Switch, Move the bass sound. Oh, yes, this needs that. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it. And sometimes I'm creating at night because I work better at night. And sometimes I'm creating better at night knowing I've got a really 
aggressive and angry neighbor that lives underneath me with a daughter. Mm -hmm. So I have to be a bear in mind. Yeah. Okay, so I might be making this song on my headphones or bear, I'm making a song with the music not too loud because I can't blast the music. Yeah, you can't because, really, really hear. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't yeah. hear it. And then I'll come back and be like, oh. And then the, the, the flip side is you come back and it's absolutely shit. Yeah. Or, and you're like, or, or it's great. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. It's, it's, you know, ten, nine times out of 10, you come back and it's shit. It's like, oh. So, like, you wouldn't, so when you're, say, so like you're saying about Drew, would you, I don't know about how to make music. But wouldn't mm. you like maybe like these sounds like so? But would you ever think of filing certain sounds like and one, it might have a triangle on it and it might symbolise a sound or a beat pattern or something like that? And so all of they all of those would stay together and then all the line pulls would stay together and all the dots would stay. That's together. too organised. It's too order. Yeah, it's just no, like, don't, don't, don't I, need to I, live like that. Like, and also my disc will have certain things on it. And then what I like to do is resample something because I'll be like, oh okay, I need that song for this beat. Wicked. Oh, I need this for that. Oh, I need that horn sound for this. Oh, I need that. And then I, 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 the other thing as well is I'm like inundated with toys. So I'm very kind of like, my house is a absolute laboratory. So we've got a speak and spell that's corrupted over there. Then you've got a harp over here. And then you've got um steel drum, steel pan over there. And I just, I just collect sound. I'm just thinking it must be really... But the way you do it sounds like it can be extremely exciting. It it can be, but I have a limited uh, knowledge of logic, so I'm learning to use logic. So there's a lot of people that make music that are more, far more developed than I am uh -huh. with process. But the difference is the ear. Yeah, it's all about the ear. It is. It is all about the it's ear. So we've we've so you can be you can make the most flashiest beats. And all that sort of thing, but to have the ear to mm. be like, okay, that sample is the one to chop. This beat that I'm making, this sounds too much like Primo. Let me change it. Now it sounds too much like Dilla. Let me change it. Now it sounds too much like Alchemist. Let me change it. It's having the ear to yeah. know that. Yeah. Because a lot of people will make beat hip hop beats and be like, yeah, this is a classic hip hop beat. Wow. No, you're not making a classic hip hop beat. What yeah. you've done is you've made a 90s. Primo boom beat. bat yeah. primo beat yeah. and you're calling it yourself and you and you think you started that you yeah. didn't so how do you and you, th well, you think it's your sound it's not it's not yeah. and uh, and um, it's okay if it's not yeah. so for me it's always about uh, evolving but also staying with what you want to, to do so I've realised I'm, I'm, I'm glad I can have this type of conversation. We can get I'm deep. glad you're talking I'm, about it, man. I've realised that I can't have a radio in the house. Okay. Can't have it. Well, because if I have a radio in the house and I hear music, it will influence what I do. Right. And what I've noticed is I'm watching everyone else and I'm watching how everybody's eventually started to do a certain thing because the radio programming, because yeah. the, the mainstream record company programming yeah. is that, oh, people think they have to do that. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't have to. So I won't. Yeah. And I, I, take, I feel that in your albums, man. I mm. feel your albums, like a graffiti writer, and it's the same with the sound, as well, and your lyrics and the sound of your voice, as, same as graffiti, it, you found a style. You really developed and pushed and found a style. And at some point, you, you made Dilla beats. At some point, you made a Primo beat, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At some point, your lyrics were along this person's pattern mm -hmm. and flow. And it's the same with graffiti. And like you say, it's okay. 
It's the same with graffiti writers. We come into the game and we think, oh yeah, brilliant. This is, I'm gonna write my name. And all of a sudden you don't, you don't realize, but you're painting someone else's letters yeah. with your name. And it's about taking those that time in, taking those years. It's what, yeah, it's about realizing it, like yeah. um, admitting I, it and realizing. I remember it. in yeah. the you know in the early eighties, late early nineties, I rapped with an American accent, mm. and then when I realized how fickle that was, I took another route and then I also started to develop the voice. Uh, it's interesting you talked about the the, the voice changing and stuff. That was a really interesting thing. I think that's the reason why um, people are still interested in what I'm doing. Because I... Because hip-hop was struggling in the 90s in the UK. People left it. People went to do drum, drum, drum and bass, garage, whatever. The jams weren't packed. The floors were empty. Record companies weren't signing. And what that did is that left that created a, a, a place where only the diehards were left. And what I started to realize was I could develop, I could work on my voice like you work on playing a guitar, mm. like you work on drawing something and developing how to get it more tighter and sharper mm. and, you know, eventually more masterful. And I realized that actually the voice, you have to think about it you have to learn to use it and you have to, um, the most important thing with the voice is at some point, the voice has to mimic your persona. Yeah. As in your physical essence, your characterization, your personality. There's things that you do. Everybody is unique. We need to see you through the sound, right? Like obviously our own vision of you, but an infliction at the end of a lyric or a, a simple, huh, mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's yeah. You, you want to feed that through. Yeah. Most artists or MCs and producers are doing it because they've heard it somewhere. Mm. And I think the difference for me is I studied drama. So I studied drama when I was younger. So it was about going into acting or chasing my dream and doing the rapping. I chose to do the rapping. But doing drama and um, for two years, it definitely gave me a thing of understanding the stage, of understanding how my body's speaking, of understanding my voice and, you know, the things you could do, characterization, all those sort of things. And I think what happened for me, which is what happened for a lot of people, is those dark periods with UK hip hop, became a real testing ground for me to kind of really develop. Why am I doing this? Mm. What is it I want to say? In fact, let me take that away. Cause what I want to say is not important. How do I want to say it? Uh, how do I learn to better what I'm doing rather than just expect people to like what I'm doing yeah. now? Yeah. I came from an era where you'd go to an open mic and you'd have to wait to get on, wait for the right time. You get, you get your spot. You'd have a couple seconds, a couple minutes to get people. And I came from a stage where people would literally not move because you're English. You didn't have an American accent. So we had to find a way for people to be like, oh, no, 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 this guy's really good. Mm. Or this girl's really good. 
So I came from that era where you had to craft, you had to do your thing, take notes, come back, go away, come back, try again. Oh, I got a chair? Yeah. Hmm, not enough. Go away, come back, try again. So what that fostered in me was this ability to work away at uh, this process of getting a result. A reaction, yeah. At a, at a really, even as you say, it was a quiet time publicly in the scene, but yeah. because of that, it gave you that time to go in week in, week out, and really slow it down and pay attention and do the same thing with demos, yes. Just same thing on stage, yep. We're doing the same thing in a studio, wicked. You knew, learning. You could, yeah, learning how to. We're learning, being impatient with producers and realizing, oh, I need to get a drum machine myself. Mm. Learning to use a drum machine. Mm. Learning to cr- learning to find a way to speak through the drum machine that would give my energy. Yeah. And then realizing, oh my God, I'm, I'm besotted with this process. And then working with other people to do it. And then learning about layering and learning about choosing the right drum sound and learning the right, or learning about frequencies and layers and sounds and you know uh arrangement and all those sort of things so for me um what's really interesting about the process is when you get into the process you realize that it's more than just the process it's about constantly starting again yeah constantly knowing that oh i thought i just needed to rap and and also yeah, being open to the fact that starting again is fine. Yeah, like and to because you want the same energy as when you started. You yeah. know what I mean. And by using that same energy, by constantly like, no, this is how I can get better. Being consistent with it, and I bet even interest in getting better. It's not about better for me. Okay, it's about finishing the puzzle. Just I just want to finish this puzzle. How do I solve this thing? Mm. And then how do I solve the next thing? Mm. And, how, and how do I solve the next thing? So the process with the zip disc is part of the puzzle. Yeah. When I find it, when I find... Like one of the songs on the album, the Harper's Revenge, Yeah. Uh, which is the upbeat song with the um, with, with not me in the chorus, and it's, it's more the give of the drummer song for the flute yeah. player. I found that beat whilst my kitchen was being redone. And my kitchen was being redone, so my my whole kitchen was gutted. And every day when the builders would leave, I'd be walking around like, that's like a bombsite. Yeah. So what I did <laughs> is I, I plugged the MPC in, headphones, started going through zip disks like I was in a bombsite. <laughs> and I found this beat that I'd been working on and I'd put away, like, yeah. put it somewhere. I was like, oh! This is the one. This shit, okay. Then I pulled it up when it was next in the studio and then me and Drew worked on it and next thing I know we had another song for the album and that was it but it totally could have not made the album because it wasn't peeking out from anywhere for me yeah, was, and if your system wasn't in place your which isn't a system but if your system wasn't in which place which is a system which is a system which isn't one which is right, exactly we would we wouldn't have had that and that's what's taught me and that's what's taught me that um Making albums is about literally standing in the field and waiting for the lightning to hit you. Greasing yourself up even. 
<laughs> and just come on, Lightning! Come on, Lightning! Ha! Come on, Lightning! <laughs> come on! It's literally that, and it's and it's it's that about the music. It's that about the song. It's that about the themes. It's that about oh man, the drum sound or the the bass note, Jeez. or it's it's all of like all of it doesn't come at once. You can be you know you can be there trying to figure out something. That's why. I'm going to come back to this, but that's why I, I enjoy watching all these beat makers videos that you're beginning to see now with everyone just making the beat mm. or, or they're playing the beat in front of like on the camera. And Live, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, that's great, but that's not the real thing. Well, it's, it's not the real thing. I'll tell you why it's not the real thing. The real thing is you make mistakes. Yeah. The real thing, you don't make great beats every day. Yeah. The real thing is, um, this is a version this, what's happening with beats right now right um, I'm, this is the first time I've said it I'm gonna say it online what's happening with this 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 uh phenomena that we're seeing where people are playing their beats and stuff it's the same thing as when you see girls walking down the street doing with a selfie yeah doing selfies you yeah. know when they stop and do those 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 yeah, the weird Jessica pose. Rabbit poses yeah yeah it's the same <laughs> yeah because that's not real life. It, it's not real life. And also, it all it is, because all those girls and boys that do it as well, the selfies, they all look the same. And all the videos, it's like they're making the same beat. And it's like you're getting good at putting to composing those beats. but And you're getting really good at, at taking it live. those photos. But and nodding your head a certain yeah. way. But where's the depth? It's... Yeah. It's, it's Where's the Eureka? There isn't any. It's, you know... I, I, you have Eureka moments. Yeah. Eureka moment is when you, you're you working with a sample or you're working with a thing and then it, so it starts to make sense and you find the right... That's real. Yeah. That's not... Um, that's not a moment you necessarily are going to capture on camera and shouldn't really because making a beat or finding the right idea for a song or writing the lyrics is actually a process, a labor of love, where you sit down and you make mistake upon mistake upon it's mistake super upon mistake real upon life. mistake. That's super real for me. And it's that that has to be it. But where else can it be found? Nowhere. Because, and listen, God bless all those guys and girls that are out there doing those mixes and making those sounds. It's cool, but yeah, we. You can never, you can never get any better if you don't fail, and especially if you never admit the failure. And you know, I'm always perfect, and I'm always great, and I've yeah. always got this cut down greatly. It's like, no man, it's and my beats are hot. fragile as an egg. It's you know even more fragile. I I love them. I have no problem with them. No, but I realise that's not me. That's no. not my thing. And I realise that in a couple things. So I realise that with rapping, um, ciphers, um. As far as like people will be like, oh, Ty's here. Are oh, you want to drop a lyric? No, no I don't. Yeah. I don't want to drop a lyric. Because my process of writing, what you see about me that's exciting or whatever, is is a there's a total different thing happening from what you lot are doing. What you guys are doing is you've got rehearsed lyrics or you're able to re freestyle incredibly and your funder strikes you that way and whatever. And that's cool. Yeah. But what I'm doing is something different. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm doing is There's, there's, yeah, I, I'll try and put it into words. Mm. What I'm doing is I'm autobiographically representing 
what's happened or the things that I've seen in my life, I've taken bits, salt, pepper, garlic from my actual lifestyle, my upbringing and thrown it into the pot and cooked something. And what I'm giving you is that, mm. is basically meat and potatoes with a little bit of adoption, mm. a little bit of um, bullying, a little bit of racism, a little bit of uh, oppression, all of these sort of things cooked, this is what you're seeing. So when you see me on stage and I'm performing and I have this energy that people keep talking about, like, man, you just perform mm. a different way. That's not me. That's church. That's my parents' church. That's me growing up watching people catch the Holy Ghost and wondering what that is and then finding the Holy Ghost through music and realizing, oh, you need to... Le Lightning! Yeah. Now! Now! Okay, Lightning Man is here. <laughs> yeah. You. yeah, That's what it is. Yeah. And I think everybody has their different version yeah. of that. Yeah. Everybody has the same thing, but they'll call it and title it a different way. This is, yeah, uh, we're all exactly the same. Exactly the same. No, nothing different in one of us. We no. just, and it's just about the levels we're allowed, we allow ourselves to hit and the things we, can, we allow ourselves Absolutely. to address. Well, that was a brilliant opening. That was a wicked insight into your creative pattern, well, a small insight into your creative mm. routines and mm. visions. Um, where are you from? I'm from Brixton, from from South London. Born? Born and raised. Yeah. Um, Where are your parents from? Parents are from Nigeria. Okay. And then they came over here and had me. Yeah. Um, I come from a British, Black, Caribbean, African place, as far as the UK and influences. I say that because I think it's important to state that from the beginning. Mm. Like my, I come from the black community. Mm. I was raised in a black community as in, uh, yeah, there was other people in there, but actually the things that I was paying attention to were primarily the things that black community people was interested in. Yeah. So whether it was the music, whether it was what was going on in the streets, church, whether it was the fashion church, whether it was the girls, Fashion-wise, hairstyles, mm -hmm. um, behavior, fads, all that sort of thing. Definitely, I came from a black British experience, um, which I find, as you say these things, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, it, it's kind of limiting when you say that because, uh, you know, we were all here and everybody has, you know, fish and chips is something that we've all experienced. I'm like, mm, no. I must not be apologetic about that. No. The UK makes you apologetic about saying the word black, but I think it's really important in regards to my understanding. Whether it was listening to Loose Ends on Terry Wogan, my understanding was that thing that I was being capped that was capture capturing me was black uh, culture that everyone else we've all kind of absorbed it in different ways. Yeah. But I've learned now that I must not be apologetic about saying that, wow, this thing really caught me. Like, you know, watching Top of the Pops was cool, but when I saw certain acts on stage, it was like, oh my God, Grandmaster Melly Mel. Uh, step, 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 step off. I remember that. I remember where I was standing when that, Cookie Crew. Um, 
born this way. I remember where I was standing watching that. Uh, these are things that um, have influenced me, have made me know that I have a particular direction. Was the, um, obviously you're black, but was the, the notion of being black part of being a black British person? Was it, I know there's a, it's different, white British and black British is different, a completely British, different totally. experience, all types of stuff. Totally. Meaning the the stuff different. you see indoors, you'll never see outdoors. No. So, it, so again, so at home was black. Home was, home was, home was African. African, yeah. Home was black African. Yep. Then past the doorstep was Caribbean. Which was what? Step outside. Yeah. It's Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah. British, black, Caribbean. Yeah. In the streets. Go so, to school. Yeah. British. That is nuts though, isn't it? How it can be. It's so factual. And those three words should be put together without any apology. Without, without even that, that. It shouldn't even be an essence of yeah. the sentence. It shouldn't even be anywhere near it. But you're right, it is, it's a hot topic. It's a, oh, do you have to? Can't you just say you're from London? Can't you just say you're from Brixton? It's disrespectful to have to. Nowadays, I don't even tolerate that talk. Mm. But I think it's disrespectful. I think um, it's a thing. So um, at home, my dad, on a Sunday, my dad would be playing Fella Cootie Records. I had a choice. If I got to stay at home, I'd have Fella Cootie in the background. Or on a Sunday, I went to church with mum. There wasn't a, there wasn't a discussion. That was it. it. Wasn't a choice. Yeah. It wasn't options. Right. These are the things that you did. When I went to church, it was full of African people, some Caribbean, one white woman. Mm -hmm. uh, local church. Local church, Elephant Castle. Okay. You play, we played, we did stuff. Um, what, so what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make is I'm at home and I'm African. Yeah. I'm eating African food. I'm listening to parents talking African languages between themselves and not ourselves. Okay. They didn't teach us the language. Okay. Which is a thing they regret now. Mm -hmm. But then you come outside and if they sent me to the road, if they sent me down the road to buy a can of beans, mm. I couldn't be African walking to that shop. I had to be black, British, Caribbean, as far as my swagger, as far as my ability to defend myself, as far as my ability to walk down the road and be aware of what was going on. That was a black, British and Caribbean thing that was happening. Like you, you put a different suit on, mm. you know, whether it was uh, skinheads or whatever was going on, you had a different, I couldn't think like my parents no. if, Utes were running towards me, uh, ready to fight or stab. I couldn't think like the person that was back home. No, I had to think in a different way. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's there's certain things where you hope these words don't cross over. You hope your mum never sees you upset, ready to hit someone. You hope your mum never sees that. But these worlds cross over sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, they I, really do. I've got massive crossover. There's yeah. big ones in my teenage right. years. Right. Which I, those words you just said, and it was like, well, yeah, just pictured a couple of bits there. Yeah. yeah and you, you wish it didn't. I mean, my mum's Irish. I right. didn't grow up with my dad. My dad's Egyptian. Right. My mum's Irish. I grew up in Kilburn. Went to church up to the age of 10, maybe, mm -hmm. 11. So mm -hmm. Sunday mornings, no questions. Mm -hmm. 
This is it. This is what we do. That's what we do. And then afterwards, we come out to the estate, you can go out. That's it. Or we're going somewhere. But that. Um, and then I realised I found the other suit that was needed outside that front door. Even though I was playing on the estate from a younger age, I picked up the suit 10, 11 years old. I was like, mm. oh, hang on. It mm. can't be sweet little David with his old Irish mum that goes to church on a Sunday. It doesn't work outside. It's, mm. My mum loves it inside. Loves it. Brilliant. Good old David. Will not work outside. It, mate. Uh, yeah, what you said resonates a lot. Yeah. Of, and I, I presume for a lot of, lot of people. Um, what was school like? How, was, how did you find school? School was um, terrific and terrible. Yeah. So I definitely developed an interest and a talent for music, but it was cut short by yeah. my parents because they weren't having me learn music, but it was obviously there. Right. So it's, it's funny how I eventually got to where I am, but um, I was bullied quite a lot. Uh-huh. But it was it was interesting because I have, uh, my dad's my stepdad, so my, my sister is his daughter. Uh-huh. Um, so my dad taught me this really simple thing of, look, I don't care what's going on outside, but this girl, you guard her with your life. If she comes back crying, I'm hitting you. Right. So what that did is that programmed me not to be argumentative with anybody uh-huh. over myself. But if you trouble my sister, then all hell would break. That's when you see it. That's when and it wasn't just a protective brother thing. Right. I'd been programmed the wrong way. So I'd been programmed where you don't matter, but your sister does. So I still now meet people who crossed my path or messed with my sister and got whooped. And uh, we're cool now, but I've met too many people where that's happened, but it's very rare that it would be just a thing of me yeah. troubling them. It would always be something. My sister was the, was the uh, catalyst. Yeah. And she's a pure sweet Maria. She had no, she was not troublesome at all. She just, some people picked on her because we were African children and African children at that time, it wasn't cool to be African in the 60s and 70s. So um, school um, was interesting because I was the kind of bookworm, nerdy child, quite intelligent, didn't fit in. Also, because I was fostered and I came back just before I went to school, everything was strange. So I've been living in uh, Jaywick, um, which is kind of just beach area, blah, blah, blah. And then I came back to the UK. And the first time I knew that my name or surname was a problem was the first day of school when the teacher read out my name and people started laughing, I wasn't aware that my name was a problem. Yeah. So from that point onwards till when I left school, I became, I unfortunately became aware of this, um, this prejudice towards African culture, names and uh, background from fellow black mm-hmm. British people, as well as fellow anything else. So going to school was quite a tough thing. I was dealing with a lot of... um, Really confusing. Very confusing. Very confusing. But what the beauty of that is, the reason why I'm here today, is I think what that taught me was there's the pack over there and then there's you. 
Never the twain shall meet. You don't have to follow the pack. You on your own is cool. And if you're going to walk a particular path on your own, you've done it before. Your mum sent you down the road to go and do it. This is where you come from. This is what it is. And I think that if I'm honest, that technology is what is what is where Ty is where is what separates Ty as an artist today as far as this this current setting. That's that, wow. That's the technology. That's the, amazing, man. That's the technology. The technology is actually what's the pack doing? Big respect to the pack. Do I need to follow the pack? No, I don't. Do I need to fit in? I can if I want. Do I want to fit in? Don't need to, can do. You know, if it's if it's necessary, yes. If it's not necessary, I'm off. I think musically, I think I've, I think that's what I've done. Your um, your albums, uh, I don't know, man. It it's hard again because I'm not a musician, so I can't use the right terminology. But no, I use, can, the technology is fine. I can, technology is fine. I've followed UK hip hop since 2001 mm -hmm. i'd moved to brighton in 2000 and i knew skinny man but for a different reason when i was a teenager i i, I knew i've heard of whatever but i, I was just i loved us hip-hop i was a graffiti right it was london whatever yeah um getting awkward as my first i actually i remember listening thinking after chatting to you the other day i was like hang on where was it i was in hmv in brighton mm -hmm. and they were playing it and I was like, what is that, mate? He's like, oh, this is this new album by this guy. I've got it straight away. I've still got that copy, not that. Um, and sorry, these albums, they're, it's not, you're right. You, well, I've never felt you follow a pattern or follow a style. It's, I know I'm always getting Ty's music. Yeah, you're not getting Ty and Cole. No, and I'm not getting Ty in this style or Ty in that style. I'm getting Ty's music and then also from production to lyrics and the progression of your voice as well it, those albums are so there's a consistency through them and there isn't one because they're so different mm. um i'm learning on the job but you're right it's it's not the pack thing it's pure you art yeah. and so you you think well you you, you state that part of that foundation of I'm cool. I can do my thing. Not literally. I'm cool. I know. I know you weren't signing yourself off like that. You mm -hmm. mean I'm cool to do this by myself. Mm -hmm. I'm cool for the pack to stand there and laugh. It's fine. Yeah. Nothing to do with Perfect. me. Nothing to do with me. It's fine. Yeah. I'm Even, not taking that personally. No. Anymore. No. No. They can laugh at me. It's fine. But I, it's nothing to do with me. It's their thing. Yeah. 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 Because I had to learn that when people was laughing at me when yeah. I was, was as a kid, it was like, you know, all right. To me, I you lot find me funny. Yeah. I'm not funny though. Yeah. But you find me funny. All right. I'm going to keep moving. What can I do? Exactly. Yeah, what can I do? Fight everybody? Yeah. You know, like, you know. It's also interesting because when you, you're growing up in the UK and I think this kind of pertains to what we're seeing at the moment. We've got this thing where we um, kind of celebrate the violence of, no, we celebrate someone's potential to be violent. Yes. Even better. Yeah? Even better. Yeah. Potential. Yeah, we celebrate. Because it's the disgrace like, after. It's potential. Yeah. Like, we we celebrate. Like, if you have the potential to lose your rag or to uh, get violent or to 
fist fight with somebody for no particular reason. This gives you stripes. I cannot lie. I've been that person. Right. And I've felt the adulation. Right. Right. D's D, D's got that temper. Right. D D will swing. Right. And I I won't. I'm not swinging. But the thing is, the thing is, whatever you do is fine. Right. Mm. But the fact is, we get to a certain point where you realise this is some stupidness. Stupidness. Really. Like so we. So you literally, and you watch it with all of the generation, like mm. whether it's the younger generation now or us, where did we learn this thing of like, like really we're giving someone stripes because they could, they can lose their temper and fight with someone. Really? So we're not giving someone stripes because they can think and think on their feet and save someone's life. We're not giving people stripes because they know how to do first aid. We're not giving people stripes because they know how to defuse a situation. You get stripes because you're willing to be violent. And I think that, again, I learned something. Because my dad was violent towards me, I had to learn uh, anger management was a whole different thing because it wasn't just about transference. It was mm -hmm. like, what the fuck is going on? Why is this happening? And also you're young, so you don't know that this is what everyone else is not experiencing. No. And it's also extremely hard to break down the thoughts at that age. You, you know, you're, you're 12, 11, 13, yeah. and you're going through. So um, so when it, when it came to being outside and uh, be rolling with my peers, I started rolling with some people um, that I shouldn't be rolling with. And they ended up killing people. And it was a wake-up call for me because I, the only thing that kept me from rolling with them was my parents. was like, no, you're not moving with these people. You're not doing that. Mm. And when that started, when it transgressed that that started to happen, I started to see that um, this pent-up anger that I had that people was kind of relying on for me to be fighting on the street, I quickly realized what it was that was having me out there in a certain way. And I realized, and I was like, no, nah, this is not, this is not cool. Mm. Those, these stripes, I don't want them. And then, you know what saved me? Writing. Rap. Because having to write your feelings down was the greatest psychologist, was the greatest psychotherapist I could ever pay to listen to me. Yes. Again, man, it's that... And it, by being creative as adults, we carry that psychologist with us along the whole route, which is a great thing about being an adult. Um, what... So Brixton, mid-teens, mm -hmm. crazy place. Crazy. Nuts. Crazy. Um, we, had, we, had, we had the... Uh, Untouchables, yeah, and then we had the twenty eight. Yeah. I was friends with I was friends with both circles. Some I played table tennis with both parties, mm. so I grew up. Some of my friends were part of these different groups, and um, so to other people, there were these group of guys that were going on terrible. To me, they were guys that I I knew, either went to school with, or played table tennis with. Mm. And kind of would see them and know what they're up to, and they'd just be like, "All right, Ben, 
and then easy yeah and then you you move you do your own thing so um growing up coming up um in brixton and being african and not looking apparently not looking african Mm -hmm. meant that i heard all the talk i heard how people spoke about africans i heard how people spoke about caribbeans i heard i heard it all and I, I, I signed myself up to the idea that I wouldn't be that person that's against mm. this crew and against that crew or pro-Caribbean or anti-African or anti-African, pro-Caribbean, whatever. Mm. I wasn't going to do all that. But what it taught me was uh, Brixton was a hot pot, but it also had this thing going on. It had all of these colours, sounds, Dreadlocks, Smells. chicken, yeah. uh, patois, uh, jeans, uh, you know, click suits, steel pulse signs. Did it, everything was just going on, and um, uh, inside that also is English architecture, houses, housing estates, Benny Hill, town halls, the two runnies. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, Chaz and Dave swimming all there, yeah. and that's the thing that I started to realize I needed to. Um, I needed to find a way because hip hop culture had had taught has taken nothing has affected me like hip hop culture has affected mm. me, and I've 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 signed up, mm. good or bad. I've you know, there's kids I don't have because. I didn't stick with this person. Or I didn't do this. Mm. Or I didn't give it up. And, you know, I followed a particular path to this point that I'm at now. So, um, I'm always looking at hip hop culture and wondering, okay, this thing's happened. And now I'm a part of all of these different things. But now that I understand that, and now I understand, now that I have my black belt in hip hop, I've realized that, okay, to have the black belt in hip hop, to understand it, means you then need to stop being hip hop and start being present in your life and look at all of these colors and what's going on. So I'm, I'm gonna show frozen things. So we've got Chaz and Dave, Terry Wogan, Tony Blackburn, Fela Kuti, Lenny Henry, uh, No Problem, Coronation Street, uh, you know, uh, what's that hotel? Forty Towers. Forty Towers. Benny Hill. Uh, Les Dennis. All of this stuff is available. Imagination. Boney M. Abba. Abba Shanti. You know, you go in. Yeah. All of this stuff is available. And I can't just look at American culture and be trying to sample jazz records and make American hip hop. I'm like, all of this... You're gonna put this together? All of this is here. this is is you being black and British. Black, British and English. Yeah, yeah, and just being here. So it's like, there's a, you know, there's a... um, So I'm constantly trying, it's like constantly trying to make that red velvet cake and getting it wrong, but it's like, damn it, I'll be done. I'm gonna make this red velvet cake. I'm gonna get it right. Let me keep mixing. Ha, huh. let me cook it. Not right. Okay, too much sugar. Let me cook it again. Oh, it's too red. Okay, let me cook it. You know, just keep going. Yeah. That's where I'm at. 
when did you find hip hop? Um, Do you remember the sound? Do you remember what you heard or what you yep. saw? Yep. So, excuse my chewing people. I am choosing, chewing jelly babies, Maynard <laughs> facets, and they taste great. So let me, um, there's another one of them. There's another Coke? Oh, let's just bring it. Okay. Just going to have a party here. So, let me tell you the story. So, as a black British Nigerian child, my parents didn't believe in music as an option for school. Now, we used to do assemblies and our, our music class, Mrs. Harding, who was the wife of Mr. Harding, who was the headmaster of the school, had my class, which is amazing. And she noticed I had this thing for the xylophone. I really loved the xylophone. I play it. So it became my thing that I would do at concerts. It was like, oh, here's Bemini xylophone. Here he comes. But, you know, I'll be doing my yeah. thing. So on this night, uh, we, we were at this hall, which was actually eventually would become, um, it would become King's College Hospital. Okay. One, of the, one of the parts of King's College Hospital. And um, parents evening. So I did my, pink, did my thing and I um, played the xylophones. And then these three guys that were in my class, who I did not know what they were doing, I didn't ask because I was playing the xylophone. That's all I'm at. They put on. It was either wiki 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 wiki, or it was et boogie. Don 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 don. Right, and um, they started body popping, and do you know to this day, I can still see it. Wow, they were body popping, and it was like the xylophone disappeared <laughs> it was like my mind honestly there's not many moments where my mind is blown I'm not easy to, it's not easy yeah. to blow my mind I sat there and watched these guys dancing and I thought I was watching aliens because <laughs> they were doing a robot and I was like what, what is this <laughs> because you got to understand if you're a child and you're watching electro for the first Mate. few times and then you see people doing body popping and you remember people really practice seriously it's crazy so people really practice to a certain point where you're like when did because I, <laughs> I i mean i watched buck ridges yeah. but when did you lot become <laughs> buck ridges like <laughs> well yeah, yeah. yeah and um i remember so the three people was gary david and daryl they changed my life amazing I saw one of them recently because I moved back to the area where I grew up in. Okay, with you. And I, eventually I bumped into David and at, he was at the Harvesters or something. And I told his wife, I was like, this guy changed my life. When you lot did at the uh, parents' evening, really? when you did that body popping to E.T.'s Boogie, I, that's what made me, he's like, are you kidding me? I said, like, no, I'm not kidding you. Like, Seriously, <laughs> that moment there. That was it. Right? So I said to, I, I turned to Lemma's parents because their kids were playing. I said, so what I'm trying to tell you is you never know what's going to influence a child. Mm. You never know. So bear in mind, if your child says they want to do something, get behind them because yeah. you, sir, changed my life. You was just body popping as a child. 
to me, it was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. In my, I was like, what is this? So then... Amazing. So I can't remember whether the two matched up, whether it was weeks apart, but I also saw Hip Hop on John Craven's news round. Okay. So John Craven's news round made a feature. I think, I'm sure I can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Had a feature about hip hop, this new phenomenon. And they had some people spinning on their backs, breaking. It was just... Yeah. yeah. So this is it. I saw the dancing first at the parents' evening. Yeah. And then I saw John Craven news round. Afterwards, because I can, I can, I was like, oh no, hang on, this again, <laughs> this is it. Move the chair, move the table. Yeah, I'm trying this. What's this? What is that? <laughs> I What's remember the sound. That, and John Craven's news. I remember because we didn't have videos at that time, mm. or we had beta max videos or whatever. Yeah. So if you saw something, you had to thoroughly memorize yeah. what you just saw yeah. and then try and get on with it, because <laughs> you know you had no rewind button. And then the following morning in school, you'd be like, did you see it? Tell me your version of it. Yeah, <laughs> what did you learn? Oh Obviously not God. like that. But. So that was absolutely the most... Oh, crazy. Lightning. And everything else on offer, Brixton is a cultural hotspot. Yep. Always has been. Yep. So you, you grew up, you saw the food, you saw the reggae, you saw the sound systems, you saw, you saw the steel drums. None of that did what hip-hop did. No. Chapter two, culture. What an opening, hey? We explored so many avenues in that chapter. And in this chapter, T.Y. explains what hip-hop culture is to him. We talk about feelings, interactions, learning from the culture and applying yourselves, and the tools we get from cultural education. He tells us about his first real interactions with hip-hop and his transitions through it in its different subcultures before getting rhymes down. And we trail off into the power of the culture and the plethora of borders it crosses and confidences it builds. Many other bits of the culture are also discussed, from perceptions to observations, availability to sharing, and the understanding and help we get from this art form. And that's what, this is what I, I think is really important. People don't understand the power of hip-hop. Because hip-hop isn't just the music. It's the options. Options. Perfect it's, word. Yeah, it's the options. You have options. Do you want to just eat with your eyes? Do you want to eat with your ears? Or do you want to eat with your mind? What do you want to do? Yeah. Because it's there. You're seeing people do stuff. You know, you're seeing the graph in the background. Yeah. You're seeing the um, the body popping. You're seeing the people spinning on the floor. You hear the music out of the ghetto blaster. So which one, what yeah. do you what want to be amazed by? Yeah. And you can merge a couple if yeah. you want. Put them yeah. together, mix and match. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, um, yeah, hip hop is a multi-optional skill. Yeah. It's not, it's not... It's not just, oh yeah, I listen to Biggie Smalls. No. Oh yeah, I listen to Company Flow. No. Yeah. It's it's literally, um, it's the skill of you seeing something, hearing something, trying something, and then learning to chronicalize and research and debate and digest something. And also and fully feel it. Yeah. Unlike anything else you may have interacted with up to that point, this thing goes through your whole body, right? And it, what, yeah, hip hop. When when that clicks, yeah. I mean, I'm, I presume it happens to people that love rock. It's the yeah. same thing, but options aren't that wide there. This culture of ours is, and nobody tells so you plentiful. Nobody tells you how to apply yourself. No, you have to do that. So if I say to you, Chunking Studios. Mm. I know the name. Why do you know the name? Because of Be hip-hop. Because you've read it on the back of yeah, an album exactly. that you have. Yes. Why do we read the album titles and know it like that? 
me and you've never met before properly. No, yeah. But why do we have an instant? Do you see what I'm saying? We've no, got exactly. this. Yeah, because no one's there to teach you really in that. This is it. In the world, I'm sitting here with my records, and I'm like, and it's the same as a kid. Yeah. Okay. If I say master disc or chunking yeah. studios or Bob Powers, you. Ooh. Hang on one sec. Yeah. That's not even my world, but right. I know it. Right. Because it's part right. of my This is what I'm trying to say. Hip hop culture um, has so many lessons. Mm. And there's so many avenues. It's a maze mm. that we all go off on. And then we might pick up the same things and not even realize we both know it. And that's what, when <clears throat> the media kind of try to downplay hip hop culture or rap culture as they see it, I'm always amazed. At the same time, a bit saddened because I'm like, you lot are missing the plot. Mm -hmm. There's an absolute wealth of possibilities to keep children activated. And it's not just about making them break dance. No. It's about knowing that if you, you can have an interest in something and then make the lesson. Yeah. There's lessons. There's things that you can um, apply, even academic lessons. Yes. That you can apply and they can have fun with it there. I've, I, I, I can't, as I said, I can't speak for any other type of music or other cultures because I only really know about my own and even the smaller corner of my own mm -hmm. as well. But I've been a graffiti writer for 20 something years now. I've been in the business of my culture for 17 years. I haven't met many other people, if any other people who have been affected by a thing and it resonated so positively than hip hop. Yeah. And I'm a 38 year old man now and I know that all of my friends, all of them have been affected by it. Yeah. And especially all the people that are doing what we do or are in this creative world, it's all from the spirit of hip hop. And what hip hop gives you is a just in humanity terms, mm. human terms, the the courage and the conviction of your thought and the the compassion and the, the understanding of other people. The you know, I remember saying, and I've said it on this before, but I remember I had my son at twenty years old. I painted my first whole car. Oh well, even talking about walking outside of bridges at younger ages than that. Mm. I remember putting the two together, thinking, "D, you've been out there and done all these things in a culture. You can." You've got strength. You've you've shown yourself. You've got strength. You've got courage. You can do this and bring up a child. Mm. Um, I literally took everything from those experiences and brought up my kid. And I don't know any other culture that does that. I, obviously, I want to talk to more people and find out if there are these things. In I just and and the thing is, even if there is something else, the point we're making is this thing that people downplay. Yeah, is severely impactful severely and it's like people are not paying attention to the potential in hip-hop culture to actually impact people in a good way do you think it's because it's a black culture it is yeah and so th this is the other thing i was going to point out um one of the beautiful things that um hip-hop culture does that i will i will say to you now it's not a challenge i'll say to you can you name any other thing that gave you this amount of black superheroes to look up at. As in... Silence. The world that we live in now... No, I've, right, I've got millions of white superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Loads. Yeah, the world that we live in now, right, gives you, you know, so uh, Yuri, Yuri Brenner, um, Clint Eastwood, um, you know, uh, you know, 
the grip of these cold hands. I can't remember who that is. Um, what's his name that was in Planet of the Apes? The yeah. original one. Yeah. What's his name? What's the, uh, I know what you mean. I yeah, and the grip name. of these cold yeah. hands. Him, right? You grow up with these heroes. Whether it's music, whether it's film, whether it's TV, whether it's art, you know. But hip hop culture gave a whole plethora of people from different backgrounds, black superheroes, for them to look up to, for them to listen to, for them to be amazed by, for them to be enthralled by, for them to and 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 and. But them being black wasn't even the issue. No, it wasn't even the thing. It wasn't the thing. No. You, they gave you superheroes, and then eventually, when you peeled the wrapper, you happened to notice that they were black. Do you know what else as well? Which, I, as you just said that, I kind of put a few things together. Because of the how hip-hop is made in all forms, from the painting to the rapping to the making music to DJing, it's always been... And I'm, this is probably the wrong word, but it's like a quick route. Spray paint is the fastest medium for an artist. Yeah. Um, a DJ who's got some decks outdoors can forget an extension cable. I'm going to plug into the lights just there, right next to us. And I'm going to wrap, I can just write on the back of this envelope with this blunt pencil. Yeah. Everything's so easy to get hold of and manipulate in your own vision the moment you want to. Yeah. And so because of that, it gave all these black superheroes in a matter of five years, there was no need for history. There was no need for history books. Although there is, and it's been, we, we know the facts, history's been rewritten, we've been given these books and mm -hmm. this is what we're told in this day and age. When hip hop came along, it gave that same thing, maybe not resonated as deep as Hannibal or whatever, but the same thing in a fast, effortless, and beautiful motion. And you know what it did as well? It gave us swagger. Yeah. There's a swagger. There's a way we wear our t-shirts. There's a way we wear our shoes. There's a way we wear our jeans. There's a way that when we go shopping for how, there's a certain look that we're comfortable with. <laughs> Hip hop gave us, can you imagine what it would be like, would it have been like without all of that? Great, man. <laughs> I'm laughing so, because my girlfriend said to me the other night, she's like, why do you have to wear your pajamas fashionable? And I said, what do you mean fashionable? She's like, well, you wear them fashionably, like, like you wear your trousers in the day. I said, this is how I wear my clothes. <laughs> swagger. Swagger. With you gave us swagger. I live on a narrowboat. I'm walking through my narrowboat. Swagger. Is yeah. <laughs> swagger. Jacket pajamas. We have swagger. swagger. It gave us a particular type of swagger. Right? We feel a particular way about trainers, and the socks we wear with them. Yes. And just, it's just, you know, just, it's just there. And this, there's this thing that the British press and, you know, institutions want to look down upon, but it's like, it gave us swagger. And it gave us, it gave people of all different backgrounds a reason to want to be in the same room time and time again. And feel right about themselves within that room. And you know, yeah. And you know what? And you know how I know it's true? Because I know that our parents will never meet. Yeah. Our parents will I'm, never, our no, parents no, 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 will no, no, never no. be no. in the same room, no. having the same no. moment that we can have. No, no. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky my mum's extremely open-minded. Yeah, but, but still. But, 
very right. The conversation should be very polite. Yeah. Courteous. Yeah. British about it, even yeah. though she's Irish. Yeah. British about it. Which is lovely. Yeah. But lovely to it... meet your parents, Ben. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the only, yeah. And it, 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 it's, it's, what I'm trying to say to you is that, that so what, hip hop gave us an excuse to be in the room together. Mm. It gave, it also gave me an excuse to be a possible uncle to your child. Yeah. It gave us all of these possibilities that were never going to be available for our parents. We, uh, my background, my uh, my ethnicity, mm. I'm a bit confused by, right? Because mm. I don't meet my dad, and mm. I've, I've only know loads of things about him, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm uh, the whole Egyptian thing. My mom never lied to me. She always mm. told you he was Egyptian, and so I've had this bit of a ghost in my head type mm -hmm. of thing, and non-understanding. And the Irish thing was obvious, and Kilburn even more obvious. Mm -hmm. When I when I found hip hop, it. It kind of helped me calm down on the question mm -hmm. because it opened the story that so many people are the same like that. So it helped me pull back the pain I had, I might have had, mm -hmm. but it, it also made me look into the Egyptian part of me more and understand more of it. Without resentment. Without resentment, without any... Just be more factual. Just pure interest. Like, okay, a man's a man, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me see what's... Yeah, yeah good. I, I, okay. Hip-hop has taught me so much and it was... We've we've made hip hop is made and we have made these encyclopedias, and they may not be printed like the Britannica. They may not have a website like whatever they look on now. But emotional encyclopedias. It's you just said, Uncle. I have played my son your music because he's going through something. Right. He doesn't. My son doesn't like hip hop because right. he's grown up in it. But that's what an uncle's like, actually. Right. <laughs> You're right. And. Yeah, it's I, I couldn't find the book. I couldn't find the the radio show. It it was you know what? I found Josh, I found my thing through music and check this guy out because what you just said, check this line in here. Right. It's yeah, I I don't know, man. It it's written history. It's it's you know what it is? It's a news style of history and we have been fortunate enough to be birthed or to go through the filter of it. Yeah. And why I I say it, because I want people to understand the importance of it. Our parents will never be in the same room mm. getting down to music or same area, watching a piece of graffiti and understanding it and t digesting it mm. in a room and being like, do you know what? Mm. This is my tribe. Because we've they've all grown up in scenarios where they were there, yeah. they were there, but hip hop mm. gave us this um, rainbow umbrella scenario. Because I sometimes in hip hop jams, I have to turn around and tell the audience, say, take a look. Yeah. Look at yourselves. Mm. Show me where else you would all be in the same room mm. and impatiently anticipating greatness together, not knowing each other. Show me another place in your not life that will happen. It's not We've got plenty of free art galleries in this country. We won't see it in there. Plenty of free concerts. Yeah. We won't see it so, in there. to me, I've always looked upon hip-hop music as an excuse. Hip-hop, I, I, I make the music as cool, but the excuse is to meet people. Mm. To, 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 to dialogue and to pick up where the next, uh, where the next casino 
yeah. chip is going to fall and what figures and what goes from there. Because one of the things that I want to really say in this podcast to any young person that's listening is, listen, your life is yours and you make the decision in regards to how you want to be affected and how, where you want to jump. That puddle that you want to jump over, you can either jump all the way over it or you can jump right in it if you want. You can do that. It's up to you. It's up to you. And then from that point onwards, if your jeans and your trousers and your tra trainers are wet, you need to make a decision. What do you want to do? You can go left, you can go right. This life, people won't tell you to just run at it. Mm. They won't tell you, they'll tell you, oh, you need to do this. You need to make sure you've got wellies on. You've got to make sure you've got an umbrella. Mm. Have you got an anorak? Mm. Did you finish your qualifications? Did you do this and this and that? I'm, I'm saying all of those things are important, but guess what? Sometimes you just got to run through the rain. I think also what happens is it becomes really clear for some kids that, oh, you know what? That's all that's left. I'm going to go and do that then. And it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I didn't get the grades. It's okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get the anorak. It's okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go this way. I'm and, gonna run. Yeah, because it's fine. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. We don't have to prescribe or subscribe to what our poor teachers are having to tell us, and what our poor elders are having to tell us that this is how life should be for you. Do you know what I mean? I mean, imagine like the things that we learn in school, right? It's only now as adults we realize what teachers are going through. Oh man! So imagine they're teaching your kids. Mm. They're not even happy themselves. No. They're not even being treated like the gods that they are. No, they're not. So if someone's not being treated like a god and you give them the all right ability to influence your child for the rest of your life, you better pay attention. Yeah. You've you got to pay a bit more attention. Yeah. Yeah. You can't leave it all to the teachers. No. And that's what I like about um, hip-hop culture. It made me question things. Yeah. It made me challenge things, but it also made me look around in the crowd at the people and just take notes and just see that we all we all cry we all feel the emotion when you hear a particular note you know something about they reminisce over you the tom Rob, the tom the horns in that seems to do something to all of us yeah. whether you are fijian samoan irish african english tibetan it doesn't matter. It's gonna hit you. <laughs> you just feel something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You just yeah. feel something, and that's how, that's how I feel. I think I think that I've got to a point where when I'm making music, I'm making music for me, but I'm making music for those people that trust me. Yeah. That's if you trust me, you're gonna like this loop and how I chopped it and what I'm gonna say on it because now. I'm walking with a swagger like I'm impacting. Yeah. And I know that now. Yeah. So I can talk about a song and talk about a second verse of, you know, of someone date raping someone. I can talk about that and I can do it in a way that's gonna be tasteful, but also because I've I've already set my gate from the beginning. My gate is wide. Yes. I'm not gonna, you know, Skinny's in a particular position, but his gate is narrow in yeah. regards to what he can say and what he can. Yeah. Now he can talk about revolutionary stuff now, but it's yeah. always going to be a particular rude boy aesthetic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He, he can't. He can't emotionally make a song about no. what made him cry yesterday. No. He can't do that. No. I can. Yeah. So I'm doing that. Yeah. How were your um, first experiences in the culture then? When you decided, raps the thing. I like this. I'm gonna. 
the scene starts popping off in London. You start going to you go to a few clubs. Yeah. You watch I, start. Once again, what was beautiful for me is I didn't come into clubs as a rapper. I came into them as a dancer. So because I came in as a dancer, and this narrative keeps popping up through my life. Like to me, this is therapy today. Mm-hmm. Having this conversation with you is really? therapy. Because I'm I'm tackling things that I yeah, I don't think about, I just do. Um, so as a dancer, what I realize is I'd walk into rooms where people be scared to dance and people would not necessarily, you know, you remember how you'd be in a club and everyone's on the outside yeah. <laughs> and all it took was someone to just hold court in the middle. Yeah. And eventually everyone's like, do you know what? Do you know what? I think, I think I will. I think I will. I think I will. <laughs> come on. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, and, and I've always been, that the dancer that would be that sort of person where I'd just be shocking out. And the reason why I'm shocking out is because of the pain. I'm shocking out because this is the only place where I'm not being judged for being African. Mm. This is the only place where I'm not being judged for being black. This is the only place where I'm not being judged for not necessarily being cool. I can just dance to this music and whatever happens next with everyone else is absolutely cool with me. But my message, my my, you know what you're getting out of that um, movement. Yes, I you know like I'd have moments where I'd be locked out. Yeah. So when I went when I would um, go out, my mum would lock me out. So I literally had to climb <laughs> up into my sister's bedroom, up the the up, other side of my neighbour's house. Yeah. To get back in because rather than knock on the door and, <laughs> <Get that. laughs> and, 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 and face my mum. So you know I was dancing from a perspective of I better get. All of this, all of it. Three times dope, Mr. Sandman yes. song. Rewind that, DJ. <laughs> Play it again. I want to get all of that out. So yeah, I've always had something else going on with, um, in respect to my reasons for what I'm doing. So that's why I don't mind not standing in the pack because. Yeah. It's never been about Again, the Again, you just reaffirmed it in that way, isn't it's it? It's never yeah, been it's about the past. It's never about it, is So it? I came in as a dancer. Yeah, it's been a pers- real personal journey for you, isn't it? Yeah, it has. You found... It's... Uh, I don't know. It's, it's like finding a drip that no one else knows about or no one else is taking anything from, like, or nectar. And you oh, I found this little drip of nectar and it, I can keep taking it. And it's curing me. It's curing me at the same time. It's and curing should me. Should I let it cure everyone else? Uh, what I might be able to do is drop the nectar out yeah because I keep going and keep filling myself up with it I can then let it go for other people yeah which is what but I'm gonna let them know I'm gonna let them know I'm gonna let them know that this thing this nectar right here is the dog's wallet this is the shit this is right this is exactly what's going on Um, so what led you into how did you what what, what was your branch from going from dancing to to rapping how did that what was that transition so I I had an interest (laughs) In the rapping, but I didn't have any. I didn't have a true belief in it. Mm. But um, but I had a belief in it, but I didn't have that. I didn't have any cheerleaders mm-hmm. to let me know how good I was. Right. Okay. So I was writing. I was rapping. I was doing my thing, and then um, I went to do. Back in the days, now you're listening to Kiss and Dave, Max and Dave, mm, Max Kiss and Dave. Dave yeah. Imagine. <laughs> And um, they used to have these out rap sessions, like they would go to Carnaby Street and there'd be 
So I came along to one of those, did it, won it, and realized I was way better than you thought. Way better than I thought. Wow. Way better. I thought I was doing all right, but then people rap, and then I do my thing, and people get. And what I didn't realize is what was coming out was the hunger, the individualism, my story, my narrative was coming out when I was rapping. So um, I started to get noticed like that. And then I started going to jams to, to, you know, to be a part of it, to enjoy, but also to rap. Yeah. And it just changed. It, it just, you know, it, it, it grew from being in the audience, from being a dancer, knowing I could rap to rapping. And then for me, once people became aware of my ability to rap, it was very hard to then just continue dancing. Right. Because people was like, hey, yeah, come uh, on. So there's a mic here. Yeah, come on, you're hey, you're you, right. know, you know what to do, you know yeah. what we want. So, and, 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 and you know, I was, you know what was important, what was really important is people wanted to me, what people wanted me to rap was the change, was the catharsis from being rejected as a child. Mm. So from being laughed at as a child to people wanting you to rap, me to rap, was the changing of the guard for me. This, this chat, Ty, is, is such a pleasure to sit here and chat with you like this. Yeah, we might have to do a part two maybe. Being ignored and going through what you went through as a kid and the pointing the finger with the surnames and this, mm. that and the third and then all of a sudden getting this round of applause. The making. The, yeah, mm -hmm. that was the, I've sealed it, I'm in. Mm. What was going on in, sounds weird, but real life at the time? Were you thinking of, were you in college? Was it a career time? Was yeah. it work? Was it? Yeah, so my parents wanted me to be a lawyer. Uh -huh. That's what, I started, started, started studying law, lost interest in it. And I, I'll be honest with you, um, studied law because I'm quite argumentative when I'm ready, mm -hmm. but also quite good at delivering points. But what there's a difference between watching LA law and studying British law. And when you study British law and you start to realize how dry it is. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't going to be fulfilling. Oh my goodness. I mean, I get it, but I've since watched people that are in law and I'm like, oh wow. Yeah. How pretentious do you look? I can't do this. Yeah. And uh, apart with the exception of one particular person, we got Miss She Talks. And um, I just feel like my parents wanted me to do certain things. But the more that I um, got into hip hop and the more that I was able to analyze what it is that my parents were hoping for and why they were hoping for it and realizing that I don't have to live out their dream because I know what their dream is based upon. Their dream is based upon uh, survival. It's based upon a particular level of living that they want me to obtain for them and myself. Mm -hmm. But it was nothing to do with me chasing my dreams or being, uh, or living out my potential. It's all to do with social, yeah. how you look socially, and financially. That's, yeah. that's probably because of how, my, when I was born, my mum had 30 pounds. My dad robbed her blind. She had nothing. Mm -hmm. So she, there was no dream mm. when I was growing up mm. because life was fucking hard. Right. David, you need to work. Right. You need to work. You need to stop that and you need to start working. Right. And I, 
God love her, man. Like, and she, she's extremely proud of me. Extremely mm. glad that I put my head down. I was like, no, mum, I'm, I'm actually going to do this. Fuck a career. This is my life. Mm. But our parents have their own issues and dramas. And your mum and dad, they they saw London in a certain light. They came from somewhere, saw London. Like, but isn't no, it, no, Ben can't do this. Ben, isn't it funny that when we get into hip hop culture, we then digest so many things that can turn round. Mm. And look at them without hatred and be like, that's not it. Yeah. And that's not it. Yeah. I I know why you're doing that. Now. Yeah. And it's fine. Yeah. I understand you. This is and it. Look, it's like, taken me a few years, but yeah. we, I don't think it took that long. Maybe not the front of my brain where I could speak it, but I'm sure my inner self had settled with the fact that my mum had it hard. Yeah. She was worried about me being out there and not being able to survive and not being able to pay a rent and not being able to... It's taken me listening to rap records of people being autobiographical, like yeah. Ghetto Boys, yeah. where they talk about you know how he grew up and what it was. It's taken that logic for me to apply that to my own parents. Yeah, and then I'm like, but of course, yeah. So like my dad, like my relationship with my dad, like Father's Day for me, like last weekend, mm. it's really interesting because it, I feel like I'm in a ghost town. Because I grew up with a dad, but I don't have a relationship with my dad because of what's transpired. So we don't have a relationship, mm. right? So um, when I think of um, the good things that he's done, I get it. The bad things are absolutely, totally out, outweigh everything else. But listening, but, but being able to apply the storyboard, take myself out of the equation, Look at my dad as a young man. Look at him as a child. Realize that wow, okay, so you was the last child born before your before my grandma died. Everybody blamed you for her dying. Passed you around like a servant. You didn't know love. Got it, man. You didn't have love. Yeah. Then you you know you found my mum, and and she didn't know what to do. She was you know mum. You was you you struck the lucky stars because you yeah. had this American this beautiful uh, Nigerian woman who was was a Miss Nigeria. Amazing. So she's way out of your class, but mm. she's got a child and she's struggling. So mm. you can step in and be the man mm. in a scenario that she could have just been like, no, not you. Yeah. And then you're raising a child that's not yours and you're paying and you're working and you, there was always a roof over our heads. But eventually the bitterness of how he, the love he didn't have, he didn't know how to show it. And yeah. then it became a total uh, boxing match of abuse. But I understand it now. Mm. So, and also, you know the other thing as well? Is I understand it because I'm like, shit. You left Nigeria to live in England. I'm just now seeing no, no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. That was you guys. Yeah, you didn't come afterwards. No, 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 no. That was invented yeah. while you was here for you. Yeah, for you. So, Aimed. Yeah. so you're going through all of that plus having a child. Mm. So your dreams cut short. Mm. Plus you're raising a child that's not yours. Plus you don't know what love is. Plus you're in England in the in the fifties, sixties. Mm. I get it. I get you. Cool. I. You know what? 
Yeah, I, I know. I know. Thinking, and I'm sure you've got, with, you know, with, with yeah. your dad, you have to think about. I would, listen, man, forgiveness is is definitely a big part of it. But I think mm. the main thing really is understanding. It's hard to it's hard to fully forgive. Yes, totally. Because we're human. It's I, a good thing to do. I'm not saying it's a bad. Thing I don't to do. think I don't think forgiving is as important as understanding. Understanding is the main thing the main because thing. you can then you use your empathy and you you're fine with it. Yeah. And, and even if you're not fine with it, right? Because I don't think... Yes, you no, you're right. It's yeah, not that fine. Because you, you have to hold a bit of a resentment because you was harmed. Yeah. So it's okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you, was, because you went through something, you have to hold a little bit of like, nah, there's a backhand for somebody. Yeah. For something. Yeah. Fine. But when you understand it, mm. and when you understand, wow, you're a black Nigerian living in Britain... I have an English passport from day one and I can see the resentment for me now and I've got total <laughs> uh, citizenship. Yeah. So I'm like, what is it like for someone who didn't have that and is raising a child yeah. and is wondering when they're going to get booted out? Yeah. So I got to a point where I'm, um, I feel like, once again, Hip-hop has given me, because of being at events, because of the interaction. This is the thing about hip-hop. Hip-hop has interaction where you're immersed in either some sort of some achievement or some sort of music or some sort of movement or some sort of event where you have to be around other people, mm. enjoying something. So because of that, I think, and then because of the... The other thing with hip hop is, which we haven't, which we're kind of talking about, is hip hop has this thing where you close the door, you turn on the hi fi, you put on a record, and you're in a whole nother lecture theatre. It's a brand new one, completely yeah. different. Whole nother yeah. one. Yeah. And it could be a lecture theatre about beats. Yeah. It could be a lecture theatre about um, jazz samples. It could be a lecture theatre about samples being used. It could be a lecture theatre about sound. It could be techno. It could be whatever it is. But hip-hop, or it could be the verse, the voice. It can even be the way someone uses their voice. Mm. You know what, though? As you were saying, it's this... You share. We share a lot. Yeah. We share, share, share. And then we have this other instance where we can close that door and put the sound on. But what happens after that is the fact we share again. Yeah. Because you then... You tell your friends and your peers. So last night I checked that album out. I went in. Did you know? Yeah. And have you heard? And there's a constant. And there's stuff that you digest that you're not even aware that you're digesting. So the stuff that you don't tell people. Yes. And then yeah. you're like, and then and then all you know is you're singing this ditty, walking down the road, or you're washing the dishes, and you've got this music in the background. It's helping you do something. You know, it's just there. And it, you know, there's some because uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Right, there's sometimes you listen to an album where a song doesn't jump out straight away. Hey, and then yes. when it does jump out, it's like, what was other stuff? How did I miss this? Yes. Because I think this is my favourite. Right. <laughs> right. So what I'm trying to say is, there's that. So there's the personal theatre, yeah. and then there's the public theatre. Yeah, the educational version. Right. Yeah. So all of that is going on, and that's what I think. Uh, and, then, and that is available to you 24-7. And it's available to you when you're sleeping. Mm. You think about music. You think about songs. You think about... Before you go and play a song, you've already made up a mind that you want to hear it again. Yes. 
So that means you was thinking about it yeah. before you heard it. Yeah. Come on, man. All this stuff's going on. Yeah. So I, I feel like, um, yeah, there's something about hip-hop culture and there's something about the repairing of hip-hop culture that I do want to see. I do feel like it's taken a left turn. I do feel like um, yesterday I heard news about this um, these three boys uh, dying that were doing graph. And I looked around me and I thought, why isn't this something that we're all talking about in regards to these are obviously hip hop cultured adults. But because we view graph in a particular way now, where oh yeah, it's just those guys that wear clothes and, and have hero souls and blah, that's that's us. That's your brother that's in arms. Yeah. What do you mean? It's so, fighting the same battle. Same battle. With poor kids, man. Yeah. So, you know, I would say rest in peace to them. Definitely. Um, and I just want to make sure that if we can, people need to make more effort to uh, at least big them up or, you know, just be concerned about their passing. Be like, concerned and talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it. And very, very much. Very important. Talk, talk, talk about it. Again, though, it's what our culture's here for. Is it's, it's got its own repair kit as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> One track, which I, and I mentioned to you earlier, but the, the whole education, this whole education of hip hop, when I had my son at 20, um, I'd come from Kilburn with a mental attitude. I'd witnessed some bad things. I'd done some bad things. I was carrying mm -hmm. a lot of trauma. Mm -hmm. But also, I was also taught from a young age, from hitting those estates, from growing up on my estate, was your only reaction is loud, strong, fierce. It's the only way you're going to stop anything happening. Right. And I carried this with me. Mm. And um, I opened my shop at 23. I was still very much like that. But... Just before that, anyway, I've got your Awkward album, which was the first album I heard of yours, as I said. And Ghetto Perspective, i tell you what, actually saying that, that must be one of the tracks, like you just said, that you find later. Mm. Because it seems to, I just said 2003, I got it in... 2001. Maybe late 01. Mm -hmm. It came out in 01. Yeah, it came out in 01. I think I got it late 01. I don't know if they're playing the HMV, it must have been, mm -hmm. around the same launch time. Um, anyway... Being in Brighton, opening these doors, it's the first graffiti art gallery in the country. Mm -hmm. I'm selling UK hip hop in there as well. I've got all these graffiti artists come through, a load of different people work for me, but I carried this. No one could say anything to me. And when, I, when that track resonated with me, that track got through to me, coming from a ghetto perspective, I almost, I sometimes lose sight of my way, I almost lose faith in my vision and almost lose track of the day. It is, yeah. When that when I really caught that, it was, I'm in Brighton, no one from Kilburn with me. No one understood me. Mm -hmm. They just thought, oh, you're really fucking angry. Mm. That track, when it clicked, it, it was Uncle Ty saying, D, you know what? Here, look, I think you need a bit of information here, man. This mm. is how you deal with this. Mm. And that's what hip hop and what culture has done for me throughout my life, man. Wow. But that track... I, I listen to it now. I've listened to it today. Goosebumps, goosebumps. Seriously, man. I had goosebumps making that record. I made that with Unsung Heroes. That's extremely deep, that track. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you I had hit something there, man. I, I had goosebumps. When, every time I used to perform that song. And the thing is, with the record, what I was trying to do, there's a couple of things I was trying to do. So 
what I was trying to do is rap in a different style. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to, um, I was trying to rap because most people were rapping over the music and it was more about their lyrics than the, the phrase. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, on, and so I was trying to rap, but if you notice with the rapping, the wording wasn't rhyming. So it was like, um, I'm trying to remember the now. I'm trying to remember the lyrics now. Uh, coming from coming from a get up perspective, I must, that's the chorus. Yeah. But uh, I made a promise that I can't remember. Too sexy for my housing, housing estate. estate. True. Uh, relate, relate, release, nothing. nothing. Huh? Dun, 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 dun. So it was. It was never about rhyming the word, but it rhymed. Man. In regards to how it was being presented. Does that the make track sense? track is going through me, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Too yeah, yeah. sexy for my housing this estate. True. Relax, relate, release, release nothing. nothing. Move along oh, there, son. You're, you're fucking traffic. traffic. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Oh. Like, yeah. So, we're, so statement upon statement. Yeah. But it was statements. But what I was trying to do is it, was, it wasn't spoken word. It was rap. But it wasn't rhyming words. It was more it, like I was trying. You know, I've always wanted someone to come back to me and say, "How did you do that?" Well, because you're not rapping. You're rapping, but you're not rhyming the words. But it's it fits. But what gets me even right. more than that, which is definitely a great thing that someone you'd hope would say that to you. But what the simplicity of your bars, the, mm. the how so effective they are. Mm. Too mm. sexy for my housing estate. True. You know what that means. There was like, so much in that. Right. Move along here, son. You're blocking traffic. There is so much. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's and the mi- way you wrapped it, yeah, yeah, yeah. because you broke it down like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah The way this yeah. semi-spoken word, but rap and this, yeah. it wasn't it's, this, but it isn't that. I realise now what it is, is it was an umbrella and it was different people saying different words in the same, same, it was all like if it was a video, you'd only be one person saying per line. Yes, exactly. So, it, it was next, a phrase. Next, next. It was, it was different characters. Yeah. It was different characters yeah. speaking. So, yeah, and then I, a bit of tire popping up and saying the odd thing. But yeah, then, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then and then it was back. Exactly. Like, uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm sure there was something. I mean, you you might remember the lyrics better than me now, but if you say the line, I can remember. But there was, that every line was about. Um, trying to say something and not worried about I wanted the rhythm of what was being said to carry it rather than the lyrics rhyming yes and that's what happened yes and I think literally the pure guidance of the the chorus mm. I brought it home my god did you yeah that brought and it home. I and I I don't mean to overly praise you here no, no, I no, can't it, state how it, important that chorus you can't was. overly praise Somebody, if you're if you're giving them it's, feedback, it's oh not man. it's not overpraised. It's, I live in a country that people don't tell you this. It coming from exactly from where I came from, opening these doors in Brighton, where I've got a load of students and I've got a load of kids that don't know what an estate really is and couldn't understand why I'm. But I'm obviously white. Why have you got this swagger of someone? I don't know. You don't know what Kilburn's like, and and the the the, the battle I had inside. As we travel to Wuthering Heights. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The battle I had inside, it, before I got to my therapist, and I didn't get to my therapist till I was 34. Mm. But that line is definitely one of the most important lines I've ever heard in my whole collection of hip hop because it, Thank you. it helped me, man. If mm. I could ever think back 
Like, and I'm not going to let today do that. I'm not going to, but not today, but not today, but not today. Yeah. Obviously, I tripped. Obviously, I felt it was life. Yeah. But it was writing that music and then the way I've seen your music continue closer mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And the latest. Yeah. And I, I actually want to get, I'm actually really, really just trying to get back onto the next thing. Like, Pushing I'm like, for another album. Yeah. Good. Straight away. Straight away, like I'm not doing years and years again. No, yeah. people will see you next, um, either next year or beginning or the end of the year. You hear a new a new body of music because I, I have to. And that album, work of art album, that I'm, 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 I was quite grateful of the gap on that one because I think there's a significant sound change. Mm. Not not. It's not doesn't not that it doesn't sound like you. Mm. You can just hear the years worth of work in there. Yeah, yeah, you can. And I can imagine how you feel now is that oh, I hit, I got there. Let's now, go again. Yeah. yeah. Now can I get on with? The, I yeah. can go. I can like, go I had, continue. Like, I had to hold this baby for too long. I can imagine and yeah. put it together and build. And, yeah. You know, compress and. But but that's the thing about albums. It's like you're putting together, but really what you're doing is you're waiting for the accident to happen. You're always waiting for the accident. It's like so, where's this? Flash of paint. Oh, I tripped off there. That's where it's supposed to be. Cool. Go of course. Got it. Uh, mate, this is amazing. Like, you, know, <laughs> you, know, you know, that's kind of how you how you how you how you get there. So, um, yeah, I with albums, like I've got a couple of friends that make music and people slave away at albums for years and years and not finish it. And I think some of my friends realise that what I do is I get on with it. You've got to get on with it. Like it's 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 um you have to just attack doing it like there was moments with this album where I was the only person that believed in it definitely Jesus so there's moments where so I'll tell you uh, a couple people kind of invested uh, what's his name's manager Dynamo's yeah Dan uh, Dynamo's manager yeah he helped me out Wicked. he gave me a couple bits to kind of help me a couple Harry Mind Games helped me out uh, Shaq, who has a shop, a sweet shop in Bromley, mm-hmm. uh, the old, old sweet shop, he helped me out. Different people helped me out and just gave me money here and there to just help me get in the record because I couldn't, I couldn't. Trying to rely on funding in this country for what you do, considering I've achieved so much, I'm treated like a piece of shit. So I, de- I tend now to just try and get on with it. I really, handouts and working with institutions that have you tiptoeing or, you know, like jumping, skip rope. Mm. No, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't help. Um, do you think that's more of the we the people vibe? I've, uh, since this whole political shitstorm that we've been in the last three or four years and what's going on in America, mm-hmm. And then obviously this, you know, part of me is like, oh yeah, thank God for all this shit because I've never seen humans come together so well. Chapter three, creativity. This is where we get chatting about how T.Y. makes his music, how he finds and puts his ideas together and how he got into writing rhymes and lyrics and how he puts together his albums. We go into depth about resonation within music and connections we make and how he made his latest album, Work of Heart. We also get chatting about other musicians in the culture and their impression on the scene and also how he teaches to write and perform in an impactful way, spreading more knowledge. The coming together and people working together is happening on a bigger stage now because of the political mess we find ourselves in mm-hmm. and 
um, the splits countries are seeing themselves in. But for instance, Trump coming into power out there. Trauma. Trauma. But off the back of it, we, I, don't, I, I haven't seen in my generation such a positive spin and a, a, a getting together, a coming together. Um, it's sad. It's sad though, because awful. I'll tell you why it's sad. And as I say, it's going to hit home a little bit. It's like, why are we getting together because Trump is here? Why didn't we get together under Obama? And why didn't, why did we think we were? Why didn't we do that? Why didn't we get together under, like, why, why? Trump is most definitely the worst version of a president I've ever seen. Ever. American president. Absolutely. But what he's doing and how he's um, communicating is actually really a telltale sign of what is underneath yeah. the administration mm. of all countries. Mm. And I think what we have to do is take a look at um, political systems and then decide how much of them are trustworthy. None. Of them should be listened to. None. And of them should be uh, spoken to or challenged or marched against. It's pointless. Mm. It, uh, it's, it's, to me, it's pointless. It's, it, I'm beginning to... Not, uh, not beginning, but I'm really now under the illusion of, guys, why why are we marching? Like, why, why, is, even marching is their rules. Yeah, yeah. So what, what are we marching for? It, it's such a calm... I, I, I don't go to marches. Um, I'm, I'm stopping myself. I, I've, I love the solidarity, the feelings that people get there, and I've, I've heard great things about them, but I, I don't do them because I, I literally believe they don't do anything, and it is it's it's government the government are cool with it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's, it's a government. They know um, that it's they know it's fine. It, it's a government. Um, yeah, it's a government aided version of what they're comfortable with us doing. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's like you don't want to argue. Okay, argue over here. Yeah, you can do it this way. Do it over here. You want to shout about us? Mm. Do it in this. We're just going to cover you with a glass. Mm. Do it in here. Shout as much as you want. It's fine. Get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The difference is if you break the glass. Mm. Well, we've got these guys standing in orange and black over here and shields and gases. And yeah. They'll, they'll tell you to get back in. I think that what will amaze me, I've, I've got to be careful what I say in a podcast because people can point out from anywhere. So I won't say what I think I need to see. But I think you can tell by my eyes what we need to see. Mm. So, um, yeah. I just, you know what though? It, it, it's awful. And I think the main, the great thing about him coming into power is just showing how dirty and disgusting and awful all these systems are. And even down to funding circles, mm. even down to... These government initiatives where they're saying, oh, we want to promote creativeness. We want to, you know, we want to help here. And what do you want to do? We can help you get there. We can help you achieve it. But it's all the fucking same. You mustn't say this. You mustn't yeah, say that. You mustn't say that. 
And I'll tell you what though, but we're not going to tell that to you till you've done two, three months of us and we've, we've really pulled you in on our reel. Yeah, well, you really feel like your mortgage is dependent on us. Yeah, and then... you're ready. You, you stop paying attention to all other new business and any other opportunity. You're, you're fully with us. Now we're going to tell you. Yeah. Look, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way humans seem to be reacting to this. Actually, since the Egyptian spring. Mm. Since then, even. Goes back further than Trump. Mm. But this this movement of people, of humans. Uh, I loved it when Tribe came with the album and the We The People track. Yeah. Uh, just really solidifying and pushing the fact that, yes, it's us and we can. We outnumber them and we still can. And you just, you amplified that with what you've done with this album mm. and how it's come together. It's another cushion there, if you want to. Okay. Um... How long how long were you planning the album for? Um, so I was making the album probably two, three years. It could it should have been shorter, mm -hmm. but all avenues were shut. Yeah. So I thought I was gonna put it out on a particular label, then that didn't happen. And then I had to kind of figure out how I was gonna do it and then Yeah, and also if I had been waiting to put the record out, the album wouldn't have been made. I had to make the album thinking it was coming out. Right. Because if you start thinking about, oh my God, I don't have a distributor in place or I don't have the artwork or I don't have blah, blah, you'll be there forever. You're not going to do it. No, you're not going to. It's not going to bother. So I had, so what I had to do, which is what I always do, is I compartmentalise. So I always, when I'm making an album, I'm making an album. That's what I know. Mm -hmm. You know, I might be sweeping the hallway, but I'm making an album. Yeah. I might be running down the road to the bus stop, mm -hmm. but I'm making an album. Yeah. Like it becomes the thing that's happening in between. Yeah. I might be upset with my mum, but I'm, I'm making, making an album, so it's all right. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's always this is still, yeah, yeah, it's always the thing that's happening. Um, what? How did the theme come up though? Is that what you come with first? Do you mm, think I'm gonna? I never come up with the theme first. So it's literally you think album. I think body. I think body of work. Body of songs. Yeah. I always think about it's clicking. Okay. It's clicking. Oh, time. Let's it's go. clicking. Right. That's two things have clicked. Yeah. Lightning is starting. Yeah, the lightning. Oh. Yeah, it's there. My back is hurting, but yeah. <laughs> the lightning this felt good. Yeah. Dum dum dum. Like I already feel like there's two particular beats that I've made where I'm like, oh, the world has got to hear this. I don't even know what I'm gonna rap about yet. But that's never the problem. Because as long as I can the thing is the birthing of the beat. So the, the idea of you've got a hot track and that you're dancing around in your underpants in your house is one thing. Mm -hmm. But then the pulling it up in the studio and it becoming that beast, that um, it becoming like, what's that story? What's that um, thing where, okay, there's a Chinese film where the, the, guy, the ghost is always in the corner. Oh, um... Not, no, not the guy's always the. I know you want yeah, he, he he kills people, right? Yeah, yeah he, he's there. He's your friend. He talks. When when the so, the difference between <laughs> yeah, it, it's literally <laughs> in your drum machine. Do, 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 yeah. Then it's the oh yeah, this thing. There. What are we going to do? Like it, it, when it's that, um, you have to. They, there's a real crafting. Like I have to be very careful. It's good that we talk about the process. Yeah. Um, I'm very careful of. I don't play everybody what I'm doing because if you play everybody what you're doing, 
unless somebody is in your camp and they understand the importance of their words, yeah. it, it's it's not necessarily. Um, you've got to be careful about what you allow people to hear. And it's not about being sensitive. It's about actually being protective of... I see this with parents. Mm. When someone has a newborn child and you want to visit them, but you've got a cough and you let them know, it's like, well, you know, John, <laughs> you to, when you get rid of that cough, you can come see the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's the same with the beats. Is it also because it can be quite personal? And so it's very hard at that at that stage of the process as well. You know what you're building. You've got more of a picture of what you're building. So if you shared it at an earlier stage, and someone says something, yeah, it can affect. It could put the you direction. Off yeah, yeah, it could. It can affect the direction of the whole song. Yeah, but it's just like a baby. It's just like, like I said with yeah, the baby. Yeah. It's like your friend comes with a cough, coughs on a baby. Next thing you know, you're in e you yeah, you're, yeah. you're you're in ER yeah. with your newborn child just because you couldn't tell your friends to not to not come. <laughs> you'd have rather not told them not to come. You could have just done that. You'd still be. You'd have rather said evening. no, don't yeah. come. Yeah, don't so, come. So so right. I, I feel the same way okay. in regards to, and it's not just beats. It's a song. It's it's because the way that I work is I'll have an idea and then I like to throw things on the wall. Like I, I don't just rap the song, I throw it on the wall. Yeah. So I throw the words, like we throw it up. Like, yeah, does, this, does this make sense? So literally, I, I believe in throwing mud on the wall. Like, and you throw mud on the wall, see what it looks like. Rather than this whole, yes, I bought lyrics and this is the lyrics for the song because I'm so amazing. No, you might have you might have a fucked up idea right now and you might think it sounds good, but if it doesn't, if it's not doing that John Travolta stance, staying alive stance, if it's not, if, he, if he's not striking that stay, stay alive stance. It's not on. It's not on. Yeah. So it needs to be that. And I found the best way for that to happen is to be humble in the process and just try a thing. You just try not to be like, oh my God, these are the lyrics. So I I will throw something up. Oh, I think that's it. So that Brixton tune, originally, yeah. um, when I did it, when I was trying to figure out, because I figured I made the beat, I was still trying to figure what where I wanted it to go. And then when I found the concept and then I could sit with it in the headphones. Oh, actually, I had it on a little speaker, USB speaker. And I sat down in front of uh, Brick Bricks and Cultural Archives <laughs> for a day and just watched everybody. And just watched people coming past with their babies, people going to work, people driving past, buses going past, uh, the drunk, the crackheads, laughing and joking around me, all of that. And I was like, mm, this, this does feel... This is right. Yeah. And, you know, this is the concept. So that's when that eureka moment happens, then you put it together. How how do you know? Because each album sounds like one full piece. And what you, what you just explained was really particular about tracks. How do you... Because they're like... I know they're not one story. I know they're not. Mm. I listen to them. Mm. But... I don't know, there's, there's just, um, they're like completely different chapters. Each album's like a completely different chapter. That's what they are. Yeah. And so you, 
And yeah, so within a chapter, you can have a lot of different stories, I suppose. Yeah, so that's what that's where I'm finding the, the differences. But I don't know that they feel you you make full pieces is basically what I'm saying. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. So yeah. I've got I've got the answer for you, right? What they are is their moments in time. Yeah, every album is a moment in time. Mm-hmm. So I saw a picture recently of my friend's child, who's my god godson, who I brought to the studio, and um. It's funny that Lou was on uh, upwards, so the the the, the samba tune, yeah, the, the beginning of the samba tune where it has the baby. Go, ah, okay, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Lou. That I saw a picture of him recently, and I was like, "See, I remember that time. Yeah. I remember what I was thinking, yeah. or what I was doing." Then the next album, the special kind of full album, yeah. has his brother who was born later on. Uh, <laughs> on the outro, yeah. So the intro, uh, 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 there's a little baby talking. That's his brother when he was born. So I can remember wow. at certain times what the albums are. Is that's exactly the emotion, the 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 depression or the ex or the celebration or whatever it is whatever i'm fighting through whatever i'm going through whatever i'm enjoying that is the moment so the uh upwards album was when i was um exposed and enjoying the broken beat thing but i wanted to make it in my world yeah so somehow we never said we're making a broken beat track Mm. we just did wait a minute (sighs) we did group groovement we did those songs and I remember like the boom kept in my house just trying to because I have a janky style. There's a janky style yeah, to yeah. my production generally. And um the time at the time it was all about trying to fit these things that were absolutely uppermost in my vision of uh influence into the music. So it's always about a certain body of time. Like, it's almost like Upwards will be two years before it, two years after it. Okay, that yeah. four-year period. Yeah. Special Kind of Fool will be a four-year period. Uh, I, I don't make albums for four years periods, but, I, but yeah, in regards, yeah, yeah. if you think about the fact of the album, the time that, um, whenever you hear an album, someone was making it a year or less, yeah. year before. Yeah. It's always that. It's always um, the thought processes of the times, the politics of the times, the things that people are feeling... That's what I try and put into the music. So back down to the writing then. Mm. Yes, they're timed and they that, that I fully agree with and I can understand. Mm. But one thing you're really clever at is you don't really year them. No. I never say the years. And, well, not, not even lit, not even just the literal... Or the references. Notion. There's Yeah, there's no, re- no... But you're speaking the truth of the time. Right. I never... I never so you you can't age the music no it doesn't i I don't want that's that is one of the most important things that i can say it's so important i do not make music that is supposed to only be for six months that is art ty that is that's how i approach it that is fully art that's how i'm not dismissing anyone else's work i'm just saying i approach when art is time when uh, when a piece of work is produced and it's timeless in its essence it's true art i approach it that way Definitely, we approach it that way. And what gave you the, um, how did you get the skill for writing? Um, 
You mentioned drama earlier, so I can imagine drama the, the playing out of it. English, how... yeah, English school, English studied studying English. I was always uh, into poetry, or in, I always found. You see, for me, as I go back, it's good to do this. I think I was always into something where I could focus on the insides coming out. So anything that I was given, whether it was a class where I could express myself or I could do something outside the class. So if you give me a skill yeah. that I can then take away and, and be developing my, on my own, I would I would really flourish on that, whether okay. it was making something or doing something. But I think for me, the the conversations that I needed to have in regards to my own self-esteem had to happen through writing and had to happen through uh like I don't throw any lyrics away. I've got a loft full of lyrics of everything. So if I die, come and find those lyrics. <laughs> words up right. There, yeah. they're, 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 they're in uh graph they're in a graffiti uh gra graph graph Black graphic uh see through cases. Got, yeah, yeah. Like you know that portfolios. I got stuff sheets to them. Sheets. And um the reason why I never throw stuff away is because what I realized is I'd be writing rambling, right? And then years later, I'd come back and see a line and be like, it wasn't for that record, but it was for this one. So I'd, listen, I'd be going through it and be like, oh, damn, that's all. I'll take that. Same, same with the production. Same. same with the production. Same with, I think, art in general. I think yeah. you a doodle one day yeah. when, you're not, when you're thinking about something else could actually be the novel yeah. for something else. Yeah. Or, you know, a just whole... experienced that recently. Literally, yeah. I'm just going through that right now with, with a, a thought of our, a piece of our, what I wanted to produce with someone, they didn't want it, and it got thrown back to me. Mm. And then I thought, hang on, there's more here. And yeah. I've put more into it. I haven't given it back to them. I'm now on a route for myself. Right. So and it was a trigger. Oh, brilliant. I'm so happy because I was actually quite lost before it. But yes, yeah. it's. And that's the thing as well. Is So when you asked me about writing, like, how do you. Make albums. What I never do is I never, I never write. Right, this is about this. Okay. This is about this. What I let what I let happen is I let the music tell me, and how how I let that happen is I let I'll let the music, you know, let it soak in to the point that I know it without having to play it, so I can play it in the internal tape yep. deck, dun, 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 and then I wait, and I teach this now when I do workshops, I try and show kids that listen. You think you want to rap something, but sometimes what you think you want to rap is just what you think you want to rap. Have you listened to the song? So if you listen to the beat, you know, uh, describe what that music is saying. So it's quite, is it anthemic? It's quite celebratory. Is it? So what are you seeing? You see an orchestra? So now I rap about kicking someone's ass. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't, does it? So what is going to make sense to them? Okay. Herald. Build. So it's literally like, okay, that's the music. That's what the music is saying. That's what these chords are saying. Now you be the late musician that still gets to be in the band, 
You add to that. Yeah. You don't take over it. Yeah. I don't rap over music. I rap inside it. Yeah, you rap with it. You rap in right inside it. Yeah. That's that. It's like wait for the theme. Wait for the the tone. I'm always looking for the tone. What is the tone? What is the tone of this? So it's hopeful. Okay. So so you almost didn't make it. But you, you're gonna make it, okay? So what's the what's it? And then you find the rhythm. So and you know, Digo from Four Hero said something to me that I really took as a, um, I took as really a serious compliment. He said to me, "I like working with you as a rapper." He said, "Cause you rap inside the music." He said, "You rap to the drum feel." So I put a drum feel. You be like, it's like no one does that. He's like. That's what you do. You, you're a percussive instrument inside the song. That's what you're doing, Ty. I was like, you know what? I'll take that from you. If you guys create drum and bass, I'm cool. Is this all that. through your own exploration as well? I mean, obviously you've sat and worked with people and they've shown you tips and mm. bits, but this is everything we hear yeah. as a consumer. Mm. This is all these are things that going in. I've come, I've found... Yeah, like I'll tell you what I found, which is really important. I found something out and I I found it when I was doing a, a workshop called Ghetto Grammar, which is a kind of hip hop workshop, mm. one of the first in the UK. When we was teaching kids every week, teaching young people every week, I was realizing that um, I, dis I discovered this technique of showing them that body language, you rap with your body. You don't realize it, but you've, a lot of people that are rapping for the first time, they've learned to do a set of body motions yeah. that they don't even know is yeah. dressing up the rapping. Yeah. So, you know, people move and it's like, you learned that yeah. from watching MTV, yeah. from watching your favorite rapper, but it's not your movements. No. It's Method Man's music yeah. or it's blah, blah, blah. So what you're doing is you're dressing up your words in a Batman outfit. Yeah, and you're covering them. Right. So what I started to do was um, show MCs that what happens when you take away your arm movement? What happens if you stop moving in a circle, right? Because I'm gonna get up from the mic, but I'll show you now, right? If you watch any rappers that's rapping, right? What they'll do is... <laughs> the what is that? <laughs> because they learn it in their bedroom. Yeah. Oh, it's the only space they've got to move in. <laughs> what an observation. <laughs> what an observation. They learn, because they learn in a small space and they rap for, for hours and hours yeah. and hours on their own. Yeah. When you stand in front of people, you're going to move in a circle. Your body just clicks into the motions. Yeah. You're going to move within yeah. the hut or whatever space, space you was you when had. you was practicing. Yeah. You wrote learn. Yeah. So what I, what I learned is people learn to attach a whole set of movements to the words that they release wow. and they don't realize it. So yeah. what I do is I unpack the movement. So I'm like, take that away, take that away, take that away, take that away, make you aware of it. Now let's see what you got. That is a, an amazing observation. Yeah. I've never heard that be broken apart like that before. And I, I, if you do that with everybody, anybody, you'll see a huge difference. Not that I would have ever, I would never teach rap, mm. but... I can't imagine because I would have just you know maybe I'd be the assistant in the classroom because mm. I love hip hop. Mm. But my friend, the rapper, was teaching the class. 
I don't think I would have ever thought to say to the young kid, oh, you know what? Just, you're, you, you're basically, you look like Snoop. Stop, mm. arms down, relax, and just... Yeah. You I, can't, because you, to me, it, I don't know, that, that is a... It's, but you must it, have got some really good... But it, it, it's, but this is the, it's a life journey. Yeah. So I've, so I've had to see that from my own yeah. uh, things. And I see it in, I see it in open mics now. I see things that people are doing that we were doing 20 years ago that people haven't clocked onto yet. But I'm like, okay. But the only difference is now I don't say much. Yeah. Before I used to be helping everybody in, yo, you know what you're doing, right? You know, you're doing this. Mm. And now I'm like, no, cause I'm, I'm, gr- I'm moany guy. Right. Cause I'm telling you, okay, I'll let you not do what you're doing then. Mm. But the truth of it is, there's a body language attached to how people rap, mm. and they have to undo that. Just like you have to unlearn to rap in an American accent, mm. and you have to learn to find your voice. Your voice, not Chester P's voice, mm. your voice. voice. When you do that, you're in a whole different uh, world mm. because you're now having to move. Because your voice should mirror eventually mirror components of your own personality. Yeah. It should always, whether it's, even if you want to be someone and you mask yourself and whatever, your voice should always be a clue yeah. to actually the real person. Mm. Like, because it's, it's... Like I was saying earlier about the slight inflictions you might say in your lyrics and your mm. albums, I've felt like I've got to know you. In a right, sense. right. Do you know what I mean? That's like, right. And you have. Yeah. And that's what's happened. I have, yeah, yeah. And that's what's happened. And that's what's happening with the music. So, yeah, that that's one one tip that I'll, I'll give. Like, another thing I'll say is I teach, when I'm working with youth, uh, young people, I teach them never to look at the floor. Okay. Never. I said, the floor, my phrase is, the floor is not your friend. And the, po- the reason why I, I, I point that out is, is because when you're... Because when you walk into an environment, and I, at least I've seen kids use this outside of rap. Yeah. Right. Just, this, is, this is a tool. Yeah. It's a life tool. Yeah, it's a life tool. It's, it, kids, adults, anybody. When you look at the floor in front of a whole bunch of people, you lose them. Mm. And you've lost them forever. Because what's happening is they're watching you. Then they watch a moment where you look to the floor. Then So imagine this laser beams. Yeah. You're holding them with a laser beam. Then for a minute, you let the laser beam go there and then you come it back. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, so you, you can get it back. You can get the attention back. Mm. But what's best is if you, as a performer, you only look at the floor in a stylized way, like it's part of your performance. Mm. Yeah. But if you look at the floor, what you're doing is you're giving a clue like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ner- nervous. Yeah uncertainty I, you shouldn't trust me to rock your world yeah i can't look you in the eye because yeah basically yeah and what I, yeah so what i when i do <laughs> workshops i kind of show young people that that's something that you can't do and i just show them that there's there's a way to just um switch on and off but in life in general like looking on the floor or you know looking in people's eyes or talking and using your body to explain what you're mm-hmm. doing you can use your foot you can use your shoulder you can use, you know, you can use your belly. Mm. You know I mean, you can, you can, yeah, make, really? you know what I'm saying? I'm making yeah, points really? here, bro. What's up, buddy? <laughs> yeah, you can make points. Yeah, yeah. All you, you can use your body to, to make people comfortable. And it's, it's about um, teaching young people that when you are holding the mic or when you are in charge and you're talking, you're in control. What that means is if you're in control, you have to be in control of you. I've just literally just chucked in a load of gems which are just 
relevant for everyday life, there which is more of what hip hop has given us. And like, that's what's given us. Yeah, is is our culture? It, it's like our culture could be. It's the truth, like for society. I think it is. I don't think I've. I don't think I speak to more honest people or more thoughtful people than people that at least have that in common. Yeah. If you have that in common, it's almost like it's uh, it's the brother sisterhood. Yeah. Once you have a kind of hip hop understanding, it's almost like oh, okay, I can really open a chapter. Yeah. So let's really look at page fifteen mm. and what you you can really talk. That's why I do this. Yeah. Because of the culture, because yeah. because I'm so comfortable within it, because I know that other people are so comfortable. We've never met, but right. yeah, yeah well, I knew. Here we are, yeah. and we've met now. We're chatting for two hours. Yeah. What a journey, time, man. It's a it's it's a beautiful journey, but I tell you what, this podcast feels like this is your life. Well, this feels like this is yeah. you. You have the book. This is the Eamon yeah, yeah, Andrews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the Eamon Andrews. Yeah. So I, I've done podcasts before, but I haven't had this level of introspection. So thank I, you. I think it, it's so important that, I, I feel it's so important that culture in the UK is spoken about more. Um, there's a lot of heroes in my subculture of hip hop graffiti that won't talk, won't mm -hmm. tell stories, won't give the insights, won't tell the stories that loads of kids want to learn about. And, I just think, you know what, we're going to miss a trick here. We're, this is a way we can teach. And part of this also comes from the fact of having a teenage son. My son's 18 this September. Mm -hmm. He never picked a culture. It's worried the shit out of me. I've learned to relax about it and let him be him and he'll mm -hmm. do his thing in his own time. Mm -hmm. But it really made me reflect on, well, you picking a culture really saved... I've got no education, I've got no GCSEs, I've got nothing. You know... I worked, I did, I'm a, I'm a worker, I could work, but culture gave me a life. Like the, the, the world I live in now, the, the jobs, I, the productions I get to produce, the jobs I get to, the people I get to meet, mm -hmm. all due to the culture I picked up at 14, 15. And so, and I, my story's interesting. I know it is when I've chatted to other Those people. Those are your GCSEs. They're my GCSEs. And I'm, where I've been, where I get to go now in my business world is, you'd never believe. Yeah. No GCSE would have done that. No GCSE would have got me into these right. rooms. So this is brilliant. And I just, I want, I want to hear other people's stories about it. I want to also see if we can, as I said to you about that lyric, my most favourite lyric of yours from Ghetto Perspective. Perspective. Just that is, you know, I've, I learned so much from it and I, I, it changed so much in me that I can now go back and talk about it 17 years later mm. and talk about that moment in time mm. and what that click it did in my brain and helped me. It, I think that lyric in, in its own kept me for another 10 years before I went into therapy. Mm. That it was that strong. Mm. And it was a cultural experience. It wasn't a teacher. I, I didn't meet. Mm. This is played off a piece of plastic. Yeah, we're meeting today. We're meeting today. Like, this was played off a piece of plastic and it resonated so much. And I think culture is that important. And that's why I want to talk. And I want to, I want to see what the, the things that are the same are. And I think finding out what you went through as a teenager, what you went through as a younger child, actually, and the laughing and the, you know, oh my God, I, I'm going to find this strength and I'm going to do me. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to really explains a load more other things. And it also explains your sound and mm. how come it's become so unique and solid and clear and succinct. And it's a definite tie album and it's a definite solid piece of work. Yeah, it's and definitely not a part of the scene album. It's, it's, it's not it's, part it's, of the scene album. It's no. a tie album. Yeah, it is. It's kind of 
moved further than hip hop in a sense. Yeah, it because been. it's a Thai album. And the other thing I love as well is having to listen four, five, six times when you first get it fully before you even start to really get it to go for it even more. I f- I that find to people, me is great music. I, I find people are listening to it and then they're hearing things that they didn't hear before. Yeah. There's, so there's something in this album that I haven't done before. Um, what I did is um, we, rented out a, we rented out a space that had a harpsichord mm. and we had the harpsichord play over seven or eight tracks. So we played it in different And the reason why I did that is because I love, I, I collect records mm-hmm. and I love reading records and seeing who played what and blah, blah, blah. And I noticed that, you know, you'd get a, um, you'd get a Dave Brubeck record and you'd see who played uh, the synth on it and who yeah. played drums and who played blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, what I want to do is I want to have, I've never seen a hip hop record that has uh, an, an instrument that is being played throughout the album yeah. in different productions. You might have seen a little feature. Yeah, you see someone played this. Someone, yeah, they put never, it on this never, track. But you'll yeah. never see an album where people, someone's playing the same instrument yeah. and it feels different. Yes. Because it, it, it doesn't, there's no I point where... I haven't noticed that. No, people won't hear it because we, we can EQ it. Yeah. And also you, for different songs, you can get different uh, inflections and different... Uh, soundscapes that fit because you're molding a particular yeah. thing so you don't you can you know all you have to do is tune the sound a particular way and it fits yeah this one in a certain way and this one in another yeah and that's what we were doing and i i, I did that because i wanted to have a i wanted there to be a connection overall that wouldn't necessarily be noticeable straight away and, and that's so I'm a, I guess what I'm trying to tell you is I'm approaching the records as a grown up artist yeah not as a uh, wannabe yeah I'm the best MC in the UK mm. but I'm well, not interested in that again I think that's part of my conversation is culture is hip hop yeah. and creativity is life right is, is past it hip hop is life we know right. that that we'll always wear but it creativity a is a whole different thing creativity is a whole different thing and that's what you're doing yeah you know, because you make decisions. You make yeah, fully your own. Yeah, you They're, make yeah. It's actually, not rules. These are not primo decisions. No, these no, are not no. J- day Dilla decisions. No, this these, isn't. These are tie decisions. Yeah, this not, is, I feel the same. I, I feel the same, and I did feel the same about uh, Task Force MFTC three to five. Mm-hmm. I think on those three albums, they transcended. They went different. Mm-hmm. They really just went. And one and two were there. Mm-hmm. Three, four, and five just yeah. took it to another place. Yeah. Uh, Chester's. Chester. Chester's, I, I think like Chester is really, I don't know, I, how do I put this? I think he's like one of the most significant artists, like he really is himself. He's, but I fully. think that like, a lot of people copy him, Yeah. but they're copying the tone of his voice, mm-hmm. but they're not copying the actual man, the mm. actual man he's becoming mm. and the individual that he is. And I think mm. Chester P is basically one of the most unique uh, hip hop artist I've heard in the world. Yeah, I would say that. World, um, that is. I'd say that. Yeah, I'd say because someone would be like, "Ah, oh. I'm like, you show me a Chester P from the states." Yeah, it's true. Show me, show me someone like that from the states. Show me someone who carries himself that way, that raps how he raps, thinks how he thinks, sounds how he sounds, and has influenced 
a whole bunch of younger rappers. Show me that person in America. You want, you want maybe Eminem? But that's just because he's white, not because they sound alike. They no, don't. No, and also the experiences that Chester's had, mm. the experiences he's put himself through personally, mm. the worlds he's been in, mm. the amount of stories are just. Mm. He's, he's a man full of experience. And he's a man now. He's so a man he's, now. He came in as a boy. He's a yeah, man now. A and man. it's like, I remember Angel Face Terror. That was his name before. Yeah. And, you know, he was, you know, and then he found his way. And when he found I his way. <laughs> yeah. And when he found his way, he found his way. So I, I think I salute artists like that who grow up. And I think, you see, Chester's been allowed to grow up. Yeah. Whereas in, for me, I wasn't allowed to grow up. I made the decision to grow up and then people had to kind of get with the program. Do you, do you remember that time? Mm. As, in, as in, what I'm trying to say to you is Chester's been allowed to become, be, to be Chester P, then become Task Force, yeah. then become I'm Chester, Chester P, P yeah. and grow up. His fans now, anything he does, they'll follow. Oh, yeah. But they, they'll follow it blindly. Yeah. Because they're like, Chester P is a god. Mm. Which is great. Yeah. It's similar to Roots Maneuver. Yeah. What I'm trying to say That's is I didn't have the same... You had a bit of a... I, I didn't have the same... Like, I was still they doing great pushed. things. They were pushed into that. They they were pushed by... Yeah. You were like, I'm going to sidestep and walk this route. Well, no. I would say this. I would say that Chester and Roots never had to struggle with what they were doing. What they did... They did it, and then the audience was like, this is amazing. Got it. Yes, I see what you mean. I'm doing different things. I've been, I've, as far as an MC, I've probably done more soundscape-wise. I've gone here to here to here to here, but it's not been celebrated. It's been kind of like, oh, yeah, that that's kind of clever. Oh, damn, I, I, I guess i got to give it to Ty. Oh, okay. I guess. It, it's not yeah. a, damn, this guy's a genius. Done. What's he doing? Yeah. It, it wasn't like that for me. It's always been a thing of like, everyone's talking about Ty's album. I guess I should listen to it. Not the same. It's not... The, I, see, I see what you're saying. It, 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 that's how it feels to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But do you think though, because of that, because mm. you went through that, is this why the music you make now, maybe the last two albums have especially have been so much Thai music? Yeah. Which I'm not saying Chester doesn't make Chester music or Roots doesn't make Roots music. Roots music Roots different. Roots does make his own music. But he Chester's does. Chester could still it could still be a hip hop thing. Mm. Whereas you're making music. I, yeah. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I don't, I don't know. know. It, it's, I, I don't know how to quite to talk there. I don't know how to quite put it, but I, I the point I'm trying to make because it's not really about Ty versus Chester. No, not all. Not all. Chester versus... It's more about... What I'm trying to say is on a hip-hop level, whatever Chester does, people will celebrate. Mm. Wow. Mm. If, he, if he decides to sit with a guitar, people are going to be like, do you know what? Wow. Chester's a G. Yeah. If I sit with a guitar, oh, Ty's being different. Yeah, what's Ty doing? And the albums have shown you that. So, the, uh, so you know... <laughs> why, so t t Ty's got a string orchestra on the record in 2003. Yeah. Um, oh, but it's cool now. Yeah. When do you remember when he did that? Yeah, <laughs> but it's cool. It, well, when he did that, you know, people was like, well, "What's he doing?" Well, what's that? But now it's yeah. Now Plan B does it with the orchestra. Yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. It's, oh man, it's bloody amazing. Okay, He's the first to do it. I'm like, mm, mm. okay, maybe, maybe I'll just keep my mouth shut here. You know, like it's just interesting. Like I, I wonder what that is. I don't know what that's about. I don't like it though. 
No, I can imagine. I don't like it because I feel like it it takes away from what I'm doing because it makes it feels like something that my mum said. You're gonna have to work twice as hard as some of the others to get half the results, and it does feel like that sometimes. If I feel like if you look at the body of work, even roots maneuver stuff, it's like to me like roots maneuver stuff like the the second album first and second album those are my favorites mm. after that it was kind of like i feel like you have to be a roots maneuver fan to appreciate roots, it. yeah it is yeah, roots music but after that i don't for me i have to make music that anybody from any time can come into and be like oh i didn't know about this guy mm. i'm going to i'm I, my bus ticket Starts here, but I need to get to Trafalgar Square. So let's go. Mm. Whereas in with them, it's like you you know you you pay for a ticket, and you don't have to worry about getting to Trafalgar Square. Yeah, the bus is just going to stop at Trafalgar Square. With me, you've got to look at every stop. Make sure you're there, getting it, getting in, getting in. And I, I, I think they, yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I think it's paid off. I suppose we'll only we'll have to wait and see. And mm. I don't mean monetary wise. Yeah. I, I mean. I think that it, that double effort work you've put in and where it's placed you will be um, noticed in the future. I think we'll understand it or you might be able to look back and see, all right. I, you're making, I don't know. You, I hope so. I just, hip hop is, I can't state it enough, but hip hop is my world. It's the biggest thing. It's the best thing. and I, I've, I just feel your music has just it's now British music. It's music comes out of these shores. It isn't just British hip hop. It's yeah, it's not it's not from the, it's not a genre that right. you know. But we'll see. We'll see with the resonation. We'll see what happens with another album. We'll see mm. how we progress. But either way, it, the body of work is immense and gorgeous and yeah. I was actually happy to pick up pick up the seven inch last week oh the baby love yeah i okay. managed to get it where'd you get rare kind records bro oh, okay well done well done yeah, yeah, yeah. those things are sold out now they are everywhere but yeah you and saved me one i didn't think he was gonna and he did like, yes <laughs> my brother the body's amazing the body works amazing man and that journey really appreciate it thank you so much oh it's, it's been a pleasure and um, maybe we do have a part two man because i know there's a yeah lot we, more I'd want yeah to the stuff about. we haven't touched but um yeah, I, I thank you for giving me this moment on this platform to really talk this way. I stopped doing interviews on radio. I stopped, no, I stopped, I, I keep doing interviews. What I stopped doing is I stopped rapping mm -hmm. because I found a couple of years ago, I realized that DJs weren't really interviewing the person. They, they just were, wanted that rap. They just wanted the rap. They just wanted the special bars for them. Mm. And I was just kind of like, you know what? You know, I'm not going to give you that. Because guess what? You don't even play album mm. tracks you just play the singles yeah and i and i sweat and i i i bleed and sweat every record yeah. every record from the intro to the last song to the single is just as important as each other when you're making it yeah because we don't you don't think about it oh i'll just give this three hours um i'll give that seven out you don't yeah. think about that when mm. you're making music I'm I'm all about albums man i love albums over singles yeah so thank you so much thank um, you man you know, I hope people really check this podcast. This this has got to be the most in-depth podcast I've done. <laughs> it's got hands down. Thank you. Really appreciate it, Tina. Thank you, brother. So, we're good.
Well. Now let's check we, it saved. We could have gone on. What a conversation. Amazing privilege. And as you can imagine the fanboy in me, I've got all his albums on vinyl. That awkward one really got me though. I've been hooked ever since. So having him come around and tell his story, amazing. We've got through so much. And you know what? There's loads of shoot-off stories we missed. But maybe he'll be back for a part two. Let me know your thoughts. I've got so much out of that. More culture, more creativity, more art. Remember, love your city and love your culture. Rest in peace, K-Bag, lover, trip. The culture will never forget you. Asset, Veco, you two guys. This is F24.